Yeah, I yeah. thought you were going to say New York, the greatest city in the world. Welcome to another episode of We Explain Movies. I'm Kimmy. I'm Kayleen. And I'm Courtney, and this is the podcast where three best friends submerge you in a cesspool of spoilers as we explain, rate slash review, and decide whether or not to see the latest and greatest or most beloved classics of film. And as you guys know, this is the show where we love to spoil all the spoily things. Mm -hmm. Uh, One movie in particular, which this week is going to be Face Off, but we might spoil some other stuff along the way. If you want timestamps for those spoilers, check out our Instagram and our Twitter at WeExplainMovies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So to start the week off, what did you guys knock off your watch list? So... I think it's notable to say that the three of us all went and saw Captain Marvel yesterday. Yes, Yes, we we did. did. (laughs) And happy International Women's Day to everyone. Happy International Women's Day. Yes. Yes. Uh, I love that it came out on that day. It's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We won't spoil it. We're not going to spoil that. No, that one, there will (laughs) not be time There won't be time stamps for (laughs) Captain Marvel. Uh, And we won't really say much, just that we knocked it off and it was... It was great. Yeah, yeah I had I had a fun time. Um, yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm nervous. I'm nervous <laughs> know, about I'm nervous saying anything too. about it. I, yeah, I don't really want to because we're not going to explain it. So right. it's just yeah. Uh, yeah. And, Go see uh, it. Decide for yourself. And looking forward to Endgame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Looking forward definitely, to Endgame. Definitely. Yeah. So we started with the big one. We can move backwards from there. Because um, <laughs> Kimmy had a movie day today. Mm-hmm. Kayleen and I have seen some movies this week. Despite the craziness of our lives, we somehow were just like, nope, gotta see those. Yeah. <laughs> therapy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, therapy. It's a major movie therapy this week. For yeah, sure. I had a good time. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. had a great time. <laughs> uh, Kimmy, why don't you share what you knocked off your watch list? Yeah. You, you'd had those there for a while. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I unfortunately haven't been able to watch many movies recently, so today it was kind of the first time I've been able to do that in quite a while. So I watched two movies back to back. I really like doing that. Was there any break in between or no? I no, I was on Netflix and I was like, that one is literally right next to the oh, other wow. one on the I grid. Was, I was literally just gonna say I would have loved it if you just didn't want to get up and it started playing the next yeah, movie. Yeah, like how they're right. <laughs> Do you want to see this one too? Yes. <laughs> you go might as well. Um, first we know I, what you like. First, I watched uh, the 2015 movie <clears throat> Equals with Nicholas Holt and Kristen Stewart. Oh, so that was on Netflix. Yeah, it was. I didn't expect it to be on there. It's been on my watch list for quite a yeah, long time. I, that. I really, really enjoyed it, you guys. I it was a bit slow. You definitely have to be in the mood for something like that. But it was such an aesthetic movie. Oh, I mean, the poster looked like it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and there's a lot of um, there's a lot of planning and art that goes into the colors and the. Um, the set design and the costuming. Am I right in assuming it's science fiction? Um, it is dystopian. Okay. Oh, okay. The color scheme I'm picturing in my mind just feels dystopian. Really? Yeah, I feel like it's just white. That's I, I feel like I'm in a hospital and it's kind of blue. Um, <laughs> yeah, so the the first, if, if you don't know what it, it's about, it's, I'll try to recap it as best I can. Um, it's very much a rehashing of a lot of dystopian uh, ideas from movies that you've probably seen in the past. Divisions so, of people fighting yeah. against the system. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, okay. pr- pretty much. Um, don't they not have emotions? Yeah, they don't have emotions. They talk oh, okay. about emotions as a disease that is oh. um, 
there's like stages of it and it's like it's inevitable that it's going to take over if you catch it. Oh my goodness. Um and everyone catch the feels? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do they call it that? No. What I love about these kinds of movies, I wonder what the director must tell the actors because there's a lot of social and cultural things that every actor needs to know about for to to showcase this type of world. Mm, yeah. Like the dystopia, it's it's I just wonder what they must tell them. Kind of like how I wonder what uh Euros Lanthimos must tell oh, all yeah, of his yeah. actors in like in like in, in the lobster and in the lobster and killing of a sacred deer. They have so many cultural things that they do like their mating rituals mm -hmm. and the way that they interact with other people like they're very blunt and they say what's on their mind but, but they don't lie like yeah. they, they can lie and it's it's a very interesting uh so it was very the equals really reminded me of that just because there's a certain way that that people act in that world mm -hmm. and i I think it was it's fully fleshed out and created. I just would love to be on a set like that yeah, where yeah. you have to adapt a whole different way of mm. talking and and interacting. Right. It's very cool. It's a very sad movie, which is my cup of tea. <laughs> oh, okay. Did you cry? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was like audibly like I'm in my house by myself, but I was like no, oh no, she's, <laughs> she's right around the corner, Nicholas. Like, Sounds like a horror film. Yeah. I'm scared man, now. The ghost is there. <laughs> now, speaking of scary, the next one that I watched was Personal Shopper, also with Chris Stewart. I was having a, Chris, a case due day, you guys. Is that a scary movie? It is not. It's a, a genre blend movie. Yeah. So it's a, it's a fashion film. It's a uh, mm. ghost story, like a thriller, and like a psychodrama. Mm. So it's kind of... The, I read a couple reviews about it. It's like one minute you're having a fashion conversation with a lot of like vocabulary that talks about that kind of world. Uh -huh. And then the next minute you're like, oh, a poltergeist. Oh, it, okay. And it was very much a genre blend. And it is also really, really slow. And I actually looked it up. It was the first film at Cannes, I believe, since... I can't remember the exact date, but it seemed like a really... Like, 15 years that prior. One. That was uh, booed upon its premiere. Uh, oh, what? no, that's not true. They boo a lot. Really? They booed something else last year. Well, I think that's a thing, that, that they boo stuff there. <laughs> I'm serious. Mm. They, like they boo stuff, which is That's so interesting. Crazy. I've yeah. never. I honestly, you guys, I've never hated something so much to where my mouth was like, "You gotta, you gotta be mean to that thing." And what's crazy is that it is people in the business, and they are celebrities, and they are still like, "Nope, <laughs> yeah, boo." Because um, mm. they also do that thing at Cannes where it's like, you watch the whole movie, you watch the entire credits run <laughs> like a Marvel movie, and then you decide. And then people will stand up after all of that, even, and then start clapping. Oh, that's weird. At, or they'll start booing. Like, that's just what they no, do. That and sounds like a dystopian that. world. I don't <laughs> like that at all. <laughs> oh, you know what I was finding out from um, other other movie things that I listened to? Is uh, they were talking about... It's uh, some kind of television awards where 
you are not allowed to clap when people come on stage because they don't want certain celebrities to get more claps than other people. That's hysterical. And so they said that, you know, like, J.J. Uh, Abrams will walk on stage and it's dead, dead silent. Uh, so it was booed, though? Um, I, I did read a fact about it. I can't remember exactly, or even if it was the Cannes Festival, but it was some real ridiculous uh, amount of time since the last movie had been booed upon its premiere and this one was but in its uh second release in an american theater it was uh had a standing ovation interesting (laughs) um i liked it yeah i I, it is you have to like those kinds of things if if you're gonna watch it because it's really slow Mm -hmm. and i was like on my phone for parts of it because yeah i know sorry (laughs) it was a veg day um, but damn, like, I don't care if I get any flack for this. Kristen Stewart is a powerhouse actor. Oh, she's amazing. Uh, and it, like I said, the genre blending was so yeah. contrasting. And right it's up like, her alley. How can you, be- <laughs> how can you believe all these things are happening within one movie? But she's incredibly authentic. Yeah. For, for all of it. I believe her 100%. And I would love her style, man. She can rock that boyish, <laughs> fancy fashion look. We oh, love and respect Kristen in this house. So. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. I definitely don't have any problems with her. I mean, there are definitely movies I wouldn't defend her for, but there are a lot that I Absolutely. would. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Well, like, my fave, Jessica Chastain, like I said, I think in the very first podcast, like, there's a lot of shit movies that she's done, but you can't discredit the performance. But I'm, I'm saying that I think there are some Kristen performances I can't defend, but I would mm. say there I are. I can't defend Mama. <laughs> Jessica Chastain, Mama. Oh yeah, you I'm not about it? Kristen, but she's like Jessica's been in so I can't defend Mama. What's like, Mama? Oh, it's um, uh, it's a bad movie. <laughs> the one where she's got the jet black hair and she's a bassist and she finds those little gross girls in the woods and the she's like, girls. <laughs> they've been living in the woods for years. Oh, I eating, have no idea. Eating what this cherries is. and then she yeah. adopts them and they're like, Mama. there's some creepy like <laughs> Guillermo del Toro esque yeah. like spirit that comes called. Mama, it's really he produced strange. it, so it's just very Guillermo, and it's just yeah. It was it, it was really riding off the the coattails of from uh, the yeah. producer of Pan's Labyrinth. Okay. Yeah, interesting. Which, Pan's Labyrinth, I cannot like say enough good things about that. I've film. never seen it. Oh, uh, that's unfortunate. It's like <laughs> oh my gosh, no, it, 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 no, I'm saying like nowadays, like a movie like <laughs> your that, life is worth living. <laughs> They, well, like, what was the last Guillermo del Toro movie that... Shape of Water! Shape of Water. Okay, it was Shape of Water, right? And all of those um, uh, special effects that are used for that film did, had nowhere near the same amount of impact as Pan's Labyrinth did mm. because it was just so revolutionary for its time. Mm. And it's, it's a really masterful storybook-styled film that had a lot of feats and... Uh, I love use of practical effects. I think it speaks worlds more than CGI. Like, yeah, when you do them good, they're super good. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I much I much prefer. I mean, you well said that yesterday out. when we saw, which wasn't I, well thought out. But I you did, said you yeah. preferred. I we, when Captain we saw Marvel. when we saw Captain Marvel and they show one of the species, they are very much practical effects. And even though Courtney was. I thought uh, they looked bad. <laughs> uh, I said I still would prefer that look to watching a CGI. Mm-hmm. I just could tell villain. 
amongst the scenes, I was like, they shot this on a different day than this because his prosthetics are all cattywampus. (laughs) (laughs) I really wasn't down for it, but that's fine. Yeah. Uh, Like, his mouth wasn't moving in some scenes because it was, the prosthetics (laughs) just weren't, weren't lending to it, but that's okay. Um, So yeah, you saw those two movies. Any other thoughts on them? Uh, no, I, I liked them. Uh, I think I liked Equals more than Personal Shopper, mm. but I feel very artsy for having watched it. Yeah. 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 I what mean, those you? are... Yeah, I agree. <laughs> what about you guys? Aileen and I really dipped into the not-so-artsy we this week. We went to the horror genre this week. We did, and I had a grand old time. I did. <laughs> Both were very fun. We watched Greta on Tuesday. I had no interest in seeing that. And we <laughs> yeah. talked about it on the podcast. Yeah. We did. You know what's funny? is we, we were under the impression that you wanted to see it, and then I had re-listened to our episode, and I go, all right, Courtney, we're going to go see this without Kimmy, because I have proof on the podcast that she doesn't want to <laughs> yeah, see it. Yeah, because I said, well, we should text Kimmy before we go, make sure it's okay, because I didn't want you to be like, no, I'll say wait to see that with me. Nope, um, I don't care. <laughs> I, I didn't think it looked good, but I thought it looked watchable. <laughs> and uh, it was a and boy wild was it. it was a wild ride. <laughs> yeah, it didn't do itself any favors in a lot of ways. Um, it, so much could have been better. So much, but I mean, wh- what's the point of like ragging on that movie? It's, it's if, not really worth. If you on. go see it with a friend and you're down to uh, laugh, yeah, if you're down to what's the word rag on it make fun of it. Yeah, the whole time you'll have a great time. Yes, and honestly, Kayleen and I were, were kind of bad. We talked a lot during the movie, but this, to be fair, it was a Tuesday evening. The, <laughs> there, wasn't, there wasn't anyone around us, really, and there no was, one shushed us. There was one point where... Uh, people around us started to get a little loud at one of the parts. I was like, all right, it's acceptable. Everyone hates this movie. (laughs) We're all just going to yell. So I do wish we had watched it at home so we had the ability to to yell over it because that's what we did with the other movie we watched, which was (laughs) House at the End of the Street. street. And that boy, was that a blast because (laughs) that one we could pause. We could predict, we could laugh, we could do whatever we wanted, yeah. um, and yeah, we had, I had so much fun watching that movie. I had a great time. I, I thought the, the reveal and the twist was fun, because as, as I told Kayleen, I saw that movie in theaters with my older sister, mm-hmm. uh, sort of. <laughs> we went to the movies, uh, and it was probably like right after Hunger Games, and so, you know, mm-hmm. really just like riding high on that, that Jennifer train. Um, and it came out, but it was clearly filmed before The Hunger Games, before she was famous, but it had a delayed release. So we already knew who she was. We went and saw it, and as soon as she pulled out a guitar, which is maybe ten minutes in, yeah. we left. <laughs> and with, as, We went into something else. We just said, nah. <laughs> as Courtney and I are about to watch this, she goes... I think we left because there's a graphic rape scene, and I'm like, I don't think there is. Guys, there's not. I was thrilled that there was not. No, um, you know what, Because I was thinking of the, ha- the house, last, last house, house on, on the, the left. left. And I, that's the one I keep getting it confused with. Yes. And there is a grotesquely brutal Awful. rape scene in that. <laughs> not the same. No. Yeah. Okay. It's right. so bad. and It's got that yeah. chick from Aquamarine in it. That's so funny because as we were watching House of the End of the Street, I was like, Kayleen, that's JoJo. And I go, no, no. Lauren, Jennifer Lawrence's friend, I was like, that's JoJo. It was not JoJo. Uh, the, the mermaid girl from that. The mermaid yeah. girl from Aquamarine is in Sarah something. Uh, oh, I bet. Paxton. <laughs> Paxton. Is that her last name? I think it's oh, Sarah I'm, Paxton. That, that's her. Yeah. Teamwork. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible. Aquamarine? Yes. No. No. Aquamarine is a 
know. You're lying if you say you didn't want to swim in a water tower after watching that movie. <laughs> what girl didn't want to be a mermaid? Come on. Yeah. Um, gosh, I think about that movie constantly. Every time that Weezer song comes on where it's like, hip, hip, bam, oh. <laughs> Island in the Sun. <laughs> That's the movie you think of when you hear that song? They are at a dance, like, at a hotel resort or something, and they hear that song, and Emma Roberts is like, I love this song. No, definitely the movie that I think of when I hear that song is a Mary-Kate Nashley movie where they're in the Bahamas, mm. and Megan Fox is in it, and she goes, she goes, um... I get what I want, and right now I want Jason. And oh my goodness. You have said those words to me before. <laughs> You're memorable. I'm pretty sure the last time we heard Island in the Sun, you said that. I, I don't doubt it. It was at the, the place where you paint mugs. <laughs> <laughs> that song came on, and Kimmy said that. Oh man. I, I want to imagine that Kimmy actually just said that in her real life out of context. You know what I want I right now? I get what I want. want Jason. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> yeah, I think that's everything I watched this week. Yeah. I watched all my things with Courtney. And so far, we're at, like, zero spoilers. I know. So, we're actually, yeah. I feel like we've gotten a lot more conscious about it. We're being nice. Oh, yeah. I definitely spoiled Equals in Personal Shop. I didn't, I actually talk about Personal Shop. Honestly, I've watched the Spoil House at the End of the Street at this I, point, but. I always get, I more get concerned for Kimmy. Do you care if we Spoil House at the End of the Street? I'm never going to see that. Okay, cool. It <laughs> is fun. I would like to say my favorite joke that we came upon while watching House at the End of the Street is, uh, this kid, the Max Terriot character, uh, Ryan. from Ryan, Ryan, yeah, good job. He not Carrie Ann. Not Carrie Ann. <laughs> Ryan, uh, both of his parents are dead. His sister, we don't know where she's at. Isn't and she like in the floorboard? Okay, yes. let's hold on a sec. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Telltale Heart Kimmy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, but so the joke. So the, he has no parents. We don't know where his sister is. He has no parents because his sister killed them. Yes. Like horribly. Like yes. murdered them in the night and then ran away. So yes. the sister's gone. Yeah, so he lives by himself in turmoil and Jayla, I guess her dad is estranged Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's and never her, clear if he's dead or not. Yeah. If he is dead, it's recent, and now she has to live with her mom, or yeah. it's like she's just taking time away from her dad to live with her mom. Right. And she gets mad at her mom for, like, trying to be a mom, and she's like, now you're trying to be a mom? And at one point, she legit makes it seem <laughs> like Max Terriot has a better family. She looks at a picture of their family and goes... Man, you guys look so happy. Like, look at you with your two parents. It must be nice to have it all <laughs> two parents. And it's like, dude, he has no parents. <laughs> She's like, wow, you guys look happier than I've ever been. <laughs> my life is so hard. Elizabeth's shoes, my mom. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's really, and she, she does it constantly. And she keeps throwing in these references about not having two parents. And it's, mm. he has zero. <laughs> so, I mean. He's alone. One or the other. Yeah. Uh, so that's really funny. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to watch it now. It's good. <laughs> it was fun. I had yeah, a great yeah, time. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, it is... Gosh, oh, we were laughing a lot about how many white tank tops are in the movie. That's like the only... That's the only costume I actually piece. really yeah. remember that in the trailer. Yeah. She's always it's in a white... It's as if they're all sharing the same white tank top. <laughs> Multiple characters wear oh, white tank okay. tops. Yep. Yeah. Because and blood can show really easily. There's no blood on them. <laughs> <laughs> That doesn't happen. Um, Logical, yes, Kimmy, but no. Um, And just the costume design was heinous. It was clear they had no budget. 
There was a lot of, like, we got a seven pack of Hanes. There was a lot of serious actors in it where you're like, I know that face. Like the woman from Dexter. Or Nolan Gerard Funk. (laughs) Or Nolan Gerard Funk. Who, I hate that I know that name now. I still can't pick him up out of a lineup, but at least you love him, Kaylee. (laughs) I do. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. Let's get to face off. Yeah, face so, off. yeah. For face so off, questions. we'll start with questions. Uh, did you think of any questions? I did. Okay. Um, and you- let's let's just share our pool of questions and see what okay. we want to do. Um, and again, Kayleen is the one who has seen face off. Yes. So she is going to be explaining it. This is a new process of one person explaining it to two. Mm-hmm. Kimmy and I haven't even seen the trailer. No. Um, they thought about watching the trailer, and I went, you know what, guys? It'll be funnier this Don't. way. <laughs> um, so I came up with questions, but really just based on what I know from a distance. Okay. That, that I mean, I think That's they'll work. Yeah. Um, so what I came up with is, what are some movies you know and or like with really on-the-nose self-explanatory titles. Oh, that's good. <laughs> As in face-off, what are they going to do? They're going to take their faces off. Right. I just think it's funny. Uh, like, my example would be that movie Brothers. What's it about? Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, we can talk about that one. Do you want to share okay, one of your questions? Okay, that's a good one. Do you yeah. have another one? I do have another one. What's your other one? Uh, and the other one is, what's your favorite title drop in a movie? Ooh, Suicide Squad. <laughs> I mean, like, I can't get over that. That's one. That's the only one that comes to mind. Yeah. But there's better ones for sure. Where you know, it's. I mean, yeah. it's hard because I'm so oh, biased. Oh. Obviously, I'd say Back to the Future because no. it's so sick. One Tree Hill. <laughs> One Tree Hill. Well, you one know, Lucas, <laughs> there is only One Tree Hill. Um, honorable mentions. <laughs> yeah, honorable mentions. I think we should take parse it out better. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Those okay. are my questions. So the two that I came up with, which I. The first one is, I like yours better, so I'm going to delete the first one. It was just favorite Nick Cage movie or favorite John Travolta movie. Oh, okay. But my second one I like, which is a movie that you love that couldn't be released in present day. As in... Oh, that's a sick question. If I take Face Off and release it today, not good. Yeah. It will not hold up. Yeah. But if you put it in the context of the 90s, it's super <laughs> good. It re- And it really is. It's a very, very good film, but it doesn't hold up as far as being released for the audiences now. Good. So really, mm-hmm. it has to be, like, older movies that, that yeah. if they came around today, it would not, not and, hold up. And, and when I say hold up, because it, it still holds up upon watching it, but you have to put it in the context of when it was released. Yeah. To, like... You have to be able to forgive effects exactly. or forgive uh, just yeah. concepts, all of that. Okay. Yeah. Those are really good questions. Uh, Burst out some title drops. I'm trying to think of Yeah, ones. let's start with title drops. That's a fun one. I, um, yeah, I love Back to the Future just because that's when you find out what the goal of the movie is. He says, yeah. we're sending you back to the future. That's a really good one. That yeah. is that's good when one. you find out the goal of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is a good one. Um, this one, it, it really isn't like a huge title drop sort of situation, um, but I really like in... Just the title of it, and I think it fits the movie real well, is Little Miss Sunshine, Aww. where you find out it's because it's a beauty pageant yeah, called yeah. that, but really what it sounds like is it sounds, you know, like, people who have no reason to be happy and they're finding ways to be happy, or they're finding little joy Miss in their Sunshine, life. Little Miss Sunshine, Or, like or exactly, or it's just, uh, you know, the little child in their life is the only one who's finding good in everything yeah, yeah. That, they're, that they're doing um, in this adventure that they're on. I like that one a lot. That is good. Oh, um, this one's good. What? Sincerely yours, The Breakfast Club. I don't like that. Why? Because they never refer to themselves as that. Only Brian does. Meh. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that. I was like, what What are my thoughts on The Breakfast Club? And it's it's just that they never come up with that term and they never eat breakfast together. 
I get that they're there on a Saturday morning, but they ate lunch together. Okay. You guys, I have it. I have one. Oh, no. <laughs> Snakes on a plane. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, duh. That's awesome. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. That's my unofficial answer. The, the phrase title drop even, I think, puts more weight on it. They say the green mile in the green mile, but mm. it's... They like say it a lot in that, it. don't I like they? I they say it because you find out why it's called that. Right. But it's yeah. not, you know, it's not a drop moment where you go, get it? It's more, oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. It's the mile. Yeah. Walking the mile, walking the mile. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> walking the mile. Um, For all the bad shit I done. <laughs> <laughs> I love him, teacher. He's so good. Yeah. Um, I have my answer for best title drop in a movie. Okay. Lion. <laughs> oh my gosh. I they mean, waited till the last second. Wow. And that's a good pick. That is a good one. There that's we go. That's probably the best title drop around. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. And we can't tell you why because it's a spoiler. I'm not going to tell you why. Watch it yourself. Yeah. So moving on to. Movie that you love that couldn't be released in present day. I'll start. This one, well, I, I love this because Face Off totally fits this bill. So, I can't say that one, but this movie I just watched for the first time, and Kimmy was not really on board for it when she watched part of it with me, but Point Break was released in, I think, 1990? But Point Break, I saw it one time uh, about a year ago, and I really dig it because I... I think it also has to do with how many action movies I used to watch when I was younger that came out in the 90s and earlier. So I'm just, that's kind of ingrained to put that suspension it's of Swayze, disbelief. Isn't it? it is. Okay. That one is Swayze. And is it Keanu? <laughs> it is. Oh. Yeah. What a duo. Yeah. Okay. And so I'm, I'm able to put that filter over my eyes of mm-hmm. this is a different time, this is a different style of movie than they make anymore, mm-hmm. and. It's a really fun time. Yeah, the bromance the bromance is real. I'm trying to think of how many things I've actually even seen Swayze in. I guess probably about five. I'm at three. Three? Dirty know. Dancing, Ghost now, and Donnie uh-huh. Darko. Oh, I forgot he was in that. Yeah, that's all I know him from. So it's hard for me to love him <laughs> because he, of what he does in Donnie Darko. <laughs> yeah. He, I don't know, I think both of those actors are kind of, they're very good at what they do. Um, so on a similar, I'm gonna say Dirty Dancing. I've only recently, uh, seen mm. it. Kayleen introduced it to me, being an avid 80s movie I, lover. Yeah, I, I like it so much that it's hard for me to agree, but, I mean, you're right. Nobody well, puts Baby in a Corner. <laughs> me, like, I'm not an 80s, uh, movies fan. Yeah. And watching it, I was like, wow, this, I know why it's a classic, watching it. Yeah. It could probably, for exactly what it is, be released in this point in time, wouldn't have the same kind of depth. Watching it, I really enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. I was just down with the grooving. Yeah. And I... The log dancing. Yeah. And um, it just, it was really clear that it would stick out as a classic, but Mm -hmm. I don't think it would have the same impact released today. Fair. I keep thinking of, like, a lot of, like, children's movies because they just were such a big thing in the mm. 90s. But then again, like, children's movies are still coming out today. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't feel like they have the same heart that the other ones did. I also think children's movies back in our day were not afraid to scar you. And nowadays yeah. they're too safe. <laughs> nowadays they are too safe. They're, they're uh, 
gosh, like, have you seen Homeward Bound? I yeah. have, but not since a child. Just Homeward Jeez, Bound, where, um, where it's like the three animals have to go and find their family because they, they get separated from them, and the family's coming back for them. They're just leaving them at their grandparents for, like, a little bit. <sighs> And instead, the animals freak out, Dumb and they're like, so like, we have to get back to our family! It's two dogs and a cat. Two well, dogs and a cat. that's multiple dogs, Kimmy. <laughs> <laughs> and Michael J. Fox is the, the right. young, scrappy dog named Chance. Um, Shadow's the old dog, and then Sally Field plays Sassy the cat, and just... Like, in it, you know, they're going through the wilderness, and they find, like, a lost child who's, like, alone in the wilderness. There's a search party out looking for her. Is this the her. prequel to Mama? They no. find the two girls <laughs> and leave them So, like, in it, you know, like, just there's just so many, like, crazy 90s things that happen, you know? There's, like, uh, just, mm. you know, like, blended families of the 90s, yeah. and, and how the children are kind of aren't ready for that, and um, then... The, the animals going on this journey and they, they almost get home. They're like right there coming home and they fall into this mud pit. Yeah, and it's really sad. The old golden retriever's stuck in the mud and he like he tells them to go on without him. Does and, it die? And like I think the, it dies. The fan, no. Well, spoilers the, the for family. Homeward Bound. <laughs> the kids are. I love spoiling old yeah. movies because it's like, oh. where have you been? Just like time has gone by and so they haven't gotten their pets back, and so the family's kind of like having to grieve this and accept it, sort of. Mm-hmm. And like the young boy is playing with his new dad, and they're playing basketball, and they're like finally getting a close relationship, and they hear barking in the distance, and he thinks it's his dog, and like both sons, they have the dogs, and the girl has the cat. And so the first dog comes bounding over the hill, and then the cat comes over, and they're both so excited, and then the oldest brother, his dog's not there. And he's like, he was just too old. He was too old. But then he comes! Oh. <laughs> he's covered in mud, and he's just... How much longer is it after the others? That's the end of the movie. Uh, but how much longer? Like a good 30 seconds. Where a the good 30 oh. seconds. Go on without me. I actually got out in 30 seconds, Oh, y'all. no. Like... It cuts away from them and cuts oh, to the family. Yeah, okay, it's, okay. So, it's yeah. very dramatic. Uh, okay. It's I great. was picturing that the, the, he was just a little behind. Mm. <laughs> to the humans he is, but to us, we think he's left in the mud pit. We don't think he's coming back. No, yeah. but so so the two animals come running up. Yeah. Only 30 seconds later, the old one comes. Well, after the boy is like, come on, Shadow. Come on, you can do it. And he's not there. It's dramatic, Kaylee. <laughs> Except it. Wasn't he stuck in the mud? Um, you guys remember, like, Charlotte's Web, that stuff was dark. Was I mean, like, really I'm dealing fine with the spider dying. <laughs> it was, like, really dealing with death and, that, and like, grief and loss. And, like... I felt that more about the pigs that yeah. were gonna die. Oh, man. I you, remember connecting with the pigs. Yeah. You guys remember Fern Gully? Oh, I love Fern Gully. Uh-huh. I love Fern Gully. What's Fern Gully is just Avatar. <laughs> What's that? It was an animated um, movie. I think there were several movies. Yeah, but Fern Gully, the first one's awesome. Yeah, it's like yeah. there's pixies and fairies, and they shrink one of the workers. It's a about construction worker. It's, it's about construction worker. It's about uh, pollution. It's about pollution and like deforestation and, and interesting stuff yeah. like that. And like the villain is some oil globby creature named Hex. Yeah, and he's like. <laughs> 
Globian in the sky, and he's like, I'm gonna get you because I'm Hex. And I think he has a song that's like, I'm Hex. I think I had a favorite dream really? about this. <laughs> and there's poachers, and they steal the fruit bat, and like... Oh yeah, the fruit bat's played by Robin Williams. Yeah. Fruit bat? Yeah. His name's Betty. It's a fruit bat, right? <laughs> it's essentially the genie from... Wow, <laughs> okay. Yeah, and they, there's like this whole song where all the animals are in cages. It's like a sob song. Mm. It's It's very dark. Uh, but that's just a whole 90s cartoon era or yeah. family film, I think, where it's, they get away with these touching mm-hmm. songs that really affected a generation, but I can see kids today just not eating it up, just yeah. not going for it. My kids will be forced. You sit down, you watch Matilda, have no, a nice exa- time. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Only no. roll doll for you, Do you want to watch Return of Jafar? <laughs> <laughs> Black Cauldron, anyone? Nice, oh. nice, nice, yes. So yeah, I mean, the yeah. 90s, I think, is a perfect time for both Face Off and all these movies we're listing of mm-hmm. just, I'm so thankful they existed when they existed. Exactly. Every decom that we got to grow up with. Oh, man. Oh, so good. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do another day where we list our favorite decoms. I was going to say, that's a I, whole rabbit hole. I got them ready to go. Yeah. All right. Those were fun. Cool. So, I am so excited to hear <laughs> your predictions about this movie. <laughs> Face Off, okay. everyone. Reminder, Face Off. Face 1997 off. action movie starring Nicolas Cage and John Travolta. Face Off. Playing Thorbird Goodwin. <laughs> what are their names? You... I would love for you to make them up first. <laughs> Great. John Travolta plays a guy named Thorbird Goodwin. Wow. What, what do you think uh, the other one, who's not Patrick Swayze? Duke's Hazard. <laughs> That's good. That's a fish. <laughs> Duke's Hazard. Because uh, just, I know that last week Kayleen named them. I she did. said, tune in to hear us talk about Cobalt Manson. <laughs> and I was like, And no. Sherbert Wyndham. <laughs> That was good. That was good. Yes. It's Castor Troy and Sean Archer. <laughs> so, Castor Oil Boy and an Archie Man. My idea of this movie, this face off, is the two of them are in jail. They meet in jail. They both did some, like... Jail time? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say, like, one was... One I was like yours. One was a, a white-collar CEO criminal. The other one, like, stole. And he robbed. <laughs> and <laughs> they're both in jail. And they say, this is hey, cold. I'm trying to get back at this guy. You're trying to get back at this guy. Our arch nemeses. But you have all the intel from this one. And I have all the intel from this one. <laughs> Let's cut our faces off. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> they put them on each other's faces. Okay, wait, wait, wait. And Can you please tell me how you think they're going to do that part? In my mind, it's like a super high-risk prison cut-up. I'm like, let's just oh chop goodness. our faces off. This is like so dark. Right, that's not I was what saying I think. it's much more scientific and like refined plastic surgery. But in my mind, I just kind of want it to be that... It's, like, not even that classy. They just kind of cut their faces off. Okay, okay, okay. So, they're both in prison. They're gonna swap faces to go get their arch nemeses. Which doesn't make sense. I have no idea, like, no earthly reason why any human would need to switch their face. Because if you put my face on Kimmy's body, then I'm short. (laughs) And, And then she's tall, and people will go... 
Kimmy, you weren't this height before. Who are you? And I, and she'll have to be like, no, no, it's me. <laughs> How do vocal cords work? In I'm this? glad I'm, you're I'm asking these questions because they will be answered. <laughs> okay, great. Because if it's, you know, a la Mission Impossible, I'm not interested. I hate that whole aspect of Mission Impossible. Oh, I don't know what, what you're talking about. Where they, they have technology that scans people's voices and scans people's face and then they make these elaborate masks. Oh, like in Charlie's oh, Angels, yeah, where okay. they are that person, um, but they do it constantly in Mission Impossible, gotcha. and they're constantly ripping their own faces no, off and like being that. like, "It was me the whole time. This is Scooby Doo." <laughs> um, <laughs> Stop. <laughs> All right, fine. I take back my whole thing about it being like a botched prison uh, face off. Um, I'm guessing they go somewhere laboratory, an okay. underground lab. And they do the facey swap. And then they both... Facey swappy, we call it. <laughs> facey swappy. Changey they facey. They <laughs> It's like uh, an episode of Wife Swap, and it's just like, he has this face, and he has this face. <laughs> what will they do when their faces aren't their faces? <laughs> oh, no! It's like one of them becomes more clumsy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, at some point, they're both going to fall in love with each other's gal. The gal is going to be mad because it's like, you're not who I thought you were, castor oil. (laughs) (laughs) And then they're going to kill each other. Okay. You think they're going to kill each other? One's going to win, and it's going to be the one who you don't think. (laughs) (laughs) I love how you said that as if it was the most ridiculous thing you've ever said. (laughs) Even though it wasn't. (laughs) And it's not who you think. (laughs) <laughs> all right, right Kimmy. Kimmy. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna have to. I I honestly don't know anything about I'm, this. Do you movie. know any more than that? Because that was very little. No, I don't know <laughs> Did anything. You hear me? I was like, how does she know so much? <laughs> Kimmy, I don't. I had a feeling just from seeing like the cover of the yeah. the poster and stuff that it was uh, like more. Uh, scientific. I hope I'm one hundred percent right. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be like. I thought it was kind of like a, along the same lines as Gattaca. You know, well, Gattaca's a dope movie. What happens in that? It, it's all about DNA, and they switch identities. They don't switch faces, but okay. they're so similar that mm-hmm. it's passable. Mm. They do other cool things where they they make they stretch him out, like they add bones to his body to make him taller because mm. yeah. he was shorter. Okay, and I I just thought that it was a little more high tech uh, than what Courtney was described. <laughs> I oh, kind of just okay. I just kind of want it to be like a Frankenstein situation. Oh yeah, I really don't know. Both of their wives are like, "What happened to you?" <laughs> they're like, "No, you're so beautiful." Oh man. <laughs> Uh, and now I'm thinking that it's going to be like an enemy situation, like mm. that movie Enemy with Jake Gyllenhaal, oh, also where there's good. two Jake Gyllenhaals, and then each other's wives. And they're enemies. They're, they are enemies, aren't they? <laughs> aren't they? I'm really confused by that movie. You don't know them? You don't understand the movie? No. We no. talked about it at length afterwards. <laughs> I know, and didn't we like find out that there wasn't really an answer? Well, I don't want to spoil it for Kayleen. Okay, you no, won't spoil it. It's, it's a Denis Villeneuve movie with Jake oh. Hall. Do you guys remember when we watched the trailer for Brothers and Kimmy got so mad because it said the entire plot of the movie? Yeah, you don't have to fucking watch Brothers anymore. <laughs> I mean, did you really need to? <laughs> it's about it. Brothers. <laughs> there. I think that's arguably Tobey Maguire's best performance. Oh, uh, Spider-Man 3. <laughs> <laughs> Get out. Uh, actually, uh, Molly's Game. <laughs> if you don't know who he plays in Molly's Game, look it up. <laughs> he doesn't play Who he plays? He 
doesn't play I'm anymore. I'm going to leave it at that. Oh. Yeah. Now I'm you got to watch it. like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so sorry to disappoint, but I really don't have any predictions. Make more predictions. I'm guessing so that... Can I just get, like, even more outlandish? I'm, I'm, I guess. <laughs> I'm guessing that John Travolta is going to Sandra D himself, and he's going to be the one showing oh up in Rather Pants. And he's gonna be like, you're the one that I want. Wait, what? <laughs> so this is Greece, but they switch faces. <laughs> <laughs> he's talking to a mirror. <laughs> he puts Sandra D's face on his face, looks in a mirror, and says, You're the one that I want. I got it. I got it. Um, I'm gonna make just like a fun prediction. I didn't even know that they were in jail. Is that real? Uh, we'll get okay. there. I'm all shrugs. I think there's gonna be a scene where they both go out to a fast food restaurant together, and uh, they've already switched faces. And one's gonna like order a burger with onions, and the guy's gonna go, No, you don't like onions. <laughs> <laughs> with their wives there too. The premise sounds ridiculous. I would love it if there were any redeeming qualities of this movie, which I'm assuming there are, because I'm really for face off. Oh, it already you guys sounds, have no idea. It sounds wackadoodle, so I'm really surprised I don't know more about this movie having lived with you for three okay. hours. Okay, you know what I'm okay. I just like wanna go into it because the first scene is just gonna throw your worlds upside down. Alright, let's You're get it. You're not All even right. ready. Let's do it. <laughs> to start off. Face Off, the title, is actually Face Slash Off Yes, yeah, when you look at it. And in the fun facts, I found out it was because John Woo thought that if there was no slash, people would think it was about hockey. I don't really understand how the slash prevents people from thinking it's about hockey. If anything, I say it makes it look more sportsy. <laughs> it's, a it's a slash like a hockey stick. Yeah. <laughs> Things to keep in mind... I know you're not actually watching it, you're just listening, but put on your suspension of disbelief masks so that you can try to love this as much as me. Yeah, my Courtney. my goal is to make you <laughs> I want to I call that love my it. Kayleen mask. <laughs> <laughs> she can put it on whenever she pleases. Smallest light to Kayleen. <laughs> okay. Oh, and also, the action sequences are super 90s. There's one scene in particular... There's a couple where you can see the stunt things that are going on. Are they like, fun, like, fist noises? Like, whooshing sounds? No. Okay. Well, it, I don't think so. Okay. There's none that stood out to me, but there are a couple weird things, like you see a stunt double's face very clearly at one point. Nice. Things, things like that. So, this is also just really funny. I found out, so this is, uh, movie has an original score by this guy named John Powell, mm-hmm. and the first song in the movie, I would like you to guess what it's called. Face Off. Close. Oh, we to guess what it's called? The song. Mm-hmm. So it's a score song. I thought yeah, you were asking I, us to I looked, guess which 90s song was in no, it, no, no. and I was like, Kiss by a Rose. No, it's just a ridiculous <laughs> name that makes me laugh. Get your face on. Face, oh. It's called Face On. Face On! <laughs> yes. Face On, everyone. Okay. I love it. Good. But it's a cool song. So Face, okay. face On is playing. John Travolta is with his five-year-old son. They're on a carousel. Oh, here comes Nicolas Cage from a distance. He has a sniper rifle. Sick. Oh my goodness. And this he movie is starting off strong. <laughs> he's gonna kill John Travolta, right? He shoots John Travolta okay. after they have been woo, we're on the carousel, shoots John Travol- Travolta. The bullet goes through John Travolta's chest, hits his son in the head. His oh. son is now dead. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So his five year old son dies and he is like, he falls off the carousel he realizes he's been shot what's going on he looks over his son is dead and he's weeping and holding his dead son is john travolta a good actor in this movie they are both brilliant in this 
Christmas. Wow. Especially because he kind of has to pick up the tendencies of Nick Cage. Yes, you he? guys. I have okay. specific examples that just... It's it's out of this world. Okay. So from now on, I'm gonna stop referring to them by their actor names because that will be way too confusing. Okay. So oh, okay. John Travolta is playing Sean Archer. Okay. okay. Just because since they're gonna swap, I need to refer to them as their character names because when they have new faces, it'll get too confusing. Okay. So John Travolta is Sean Archer. Okay. That's good guy whose son is dead. <laughs> it is six years later now. There's a time jump. Nicholas Cage is Caster Troy. I'll probably just refer to them as Archer and Caster. You find out that Archer works for the FBI. He's on this really top secret covert team. It becomes very clear that he has been obsessing over getting Caster for years. Mm, as Cast- you do when your son gets shot. As you do. On a carousel, no less. Yeah. As you do when you're in the FBI and somebody murdered your son. Okay. And... Also, it's not just that this one incident happened. Caster is a terrorist. He gets hired. Yeah, he gets hired. Him and his brother and some of their other henchmen get hired by people to do bad things, like murder people or make bombs, stuff like that. It's not just about, you know, he's not catching him because he's a murderer. He's catching him, you know. So he even has this line where he says to somebody else in their little operations unit, we are so covert that when we snap our fingers, nothing happens. Because essentially, they're trying to find out where Castor is because they know he's up to no good and this is their time, they need to go get him. But they they can't really command anyone because they're such a covert thing. Interesting. That, yeah. Are they... Um has a reason been established for why it is that Castor does the things that he does? Like, is he people serving pay him. a figure? No. He's a hitman? Yeah. People just pay him to do bad things, and he goes, cool. Okay. Okay, then we cut over to Castor. They're in some big, what looks to be a type of convention center, and he is setting up a bomb. Castor, you get this sense of his personality now. It is full-blown Nicolas Cage, He's dancing around, Mm -hmm. setting up the bomb, making crazy faces. He's, like, banging his head because he's so stoked. He's doing bad guy stuff. It's, like, yeah, he he just is having the time of his life being a criminal. He's just so 100% Nick Cage. He goes down. There's a choir singing. He's dressed as a priest, so he was obviously Mm -hmm. in disguise to be part of this group. Mm -hmm. Um, So you just get at this point, okay, this guy is just... Wacko. He does what he does. Whatever he wants. He's a okay. spontaneous, unpredictable villain. Yeah, yeah. You don't like this guy. <laughs> Summary of what it's like working with Nicholas Cage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unpredictable. He's an unpredictable man. <laughs> okay, so the FBI finally gets word that Pollux Troy, which is mm. Pastor Troy's mm. brother, Pollux Troy. Do you know who this is, Kimmy? Patrick Swayze. No, <laughs> we met him. In England. Oh, Bradley Cooper. <laughs> Close. Oh, it's it's that guy. That, that guy. other guy from Alpha Man? Disobedience guy. Yeah. Alessandro mm. Nivola. Okay. Yeah. So, Alessandro Nivola, and oh my gosh, back in the 90s, he was just the meekest little, cutest little is. guy. I'm, yeah, but back then he wasn't even, you know, he, he was just young. seems... I mean, that yeah. was 20 years ago, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, so he's playing kind of the shy little brother who's still part of, he's still crazy. I mean, he's crazy, but he's not Nicolas Cage level. He's much more, he does these weird little pinky motions like this. What a choice. Yeah. He buys them a jet so that they can escape. They're in LA. 
plant the bomb. Pollux goes and buys a jet, and even though he buys it in cash, they are like, "Well, we we need your name. You're you're buying this jet." Mm-hmm. And so the FBI gets word Pollux Troy is at the. LA International Airport and they're like that doesn't mean Castor will be there and Sean Archer goes Pollux doesn't go anywhere without Castor so uh, but then all the FBI come there's a helicopter there's a car the jet is taken off Uh, Castor Troy is making out with some stewardess chick on the plane and is he still dressed like a priest? Yes. <laughs> yes, he is. Okay. Because um, he came straight from criminal stuff. I mean, it's a robe. You can take that off really easily. <laughs> no. <laughs> He's got to wear a robe for the epic fight. Oh. So, okay. So, yeah, he's making out with this chick. He actually says something along the lines of, would you be grateful if I let you suck my tongue? Ew. And then they make out. <laughs> what the? Okay. That's, I, I can't even react to that. That's <laughs> yeah. not a sentence. <laughs> and it's, it's, you hear it and you go, oh, oh, tongue? Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I knew where you were going when you started that sentence, but then yeah. I didn't, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So they're making out, but then Castor realizes, oh no, the FBI found us. There's a helicopter. There's all these cars chasing mm-hmm. us. And he pushes a girl off of him. Then she pulls a gun on him. It's an undercover FBI agent. Cool. That poor girl, what she had to endure. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. So. Happy International Women's Day. But. (laughs) Happy International Women's Day. Want to suck my tongue? (laughs) (laughs) However, Castor being Castor ends up besting this girl because there Mm. are more of him than there are of her on the plane. And so. He has her hostage now and is holding her out the side of the jet as it's going down the runway. John Travolta, so Sean Archer. It's really hard for me to not say their actor names. I mean, we, they haven't switched faces, so you they can have do that. Uh, Sean Archer sees that he has the girl hostage. Caster Troy just likes to kill people for fun, so he shoots the FBI agent <laughs> and she falls out of the plane. Wow, he is just He's no cares. Yep. My goodness. Yeah. He kills a lot I of people. I like that. Like, why not? Like, you're a bad guy. It's the Do 90s. It. Kill them all. <laughs> yeah. She dies. The helicopter comes down because everybody is now concerned. Oh, no, he's killing people. So they go, oh, we got to attend to this girl. But, no, someone needs to stop the plane. Wow. John Travolta, of course, takes it upon himself to steal the helicopter and go try to stop the plane. They're like, Sean, Sean. (laughs) That guy, he just does whatever he wants. So he's using the helicopter to sit on the wings of the plane so that they can't, like the, you know, the little parts that lift up so that. Oh, okay. So he's, okay. So he's like parking it on top of it. He's making it so the plane actually cannot lift. Okay. Physically. Caster, just because he's rage-filled and really does things without thinking, gets mad at the pilot for not being able to take off, so he murders the pilot. Hmm. That's silly. And you don't know how to fly a plane, so I don't know how that helped you. So he's going, okay, well, I just need to steer this thing so I don't crash now, because I obviously can't take off. It crashes into a giant hangar. Now this is where the action scene comes in. Okay. So it's a full-blown shootout. Got the FBI... We got all the bad guys. So many people die. 
in oh, this wow. like in this bloodbath. FBI agents, henchmen. There's a really good scene in here where you full on see a stuntman's wires in the shot <laughs> as he gets pulled backwards. Sick. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. This is a weird little fun thing, but do you guys know who the actor Matt Ross is? No. Do you remember when we were watching Sam Rockwell get his Oscar and he was with Chris Messina oh, yeah. and Leslie Bibb and that other guy is oh. Matt Ross. Cool. So he's in this movie. I love that Chris Pacina and Sam Rockwell are friends. Isn't that nice? Like, I want to hang out. (laughs) (laughs) I want to be there, part of it. Yes. So Matt Ross plays a character named Loomis. So he gets shot in the ear, but he's okay. So much fighting has happened that it essentially needs to just be a face-off between Nick Cage and John Travolta. Mm -hmm. So they're pointing their guns at each other. They both realize just from being smart and counting each other's bullets that they each only have one bullet left. So they both go, oh, you only have one bullet left. So now they're just pointing the guns at each other. Who's going to shoot first? Also, there's a part right then when they're both aiming the guns at each other, having this banter, and Caster Troy is saying ridiculous stuff like, you're not having any fun. Like, why can't we just have fun when we're fighting? You take everything so personally. Wow. And then Archer says... It's okay, I don't care if I die, which you find out later pretty rude because he does still have a wife and daughter at home. Oh, <laughs> and he's oh. like, I don't care if I die. Yeah. It's clear that they are, to some degree, arch nemeses because obviously Archer's been studying Castor religiously after his vendetta against him. But also, Castor makes some crack about his daughter, Jamie, Mm. which isn't quite right. Her name is Jamie, but it's clear they both know way too much about the other person. Caster and Archer are pointing the guns, having their little thing. Is everyone else gone or dead? Uh, there, a lot of people are dead, a lot of people are injured, so everyone else is preoccupied. Also, this hangar is huge, so they're just kind of in another corner doing their thing. Okay. Caster ends up telling Archer that he put a bomb somewhere. Mm -hmm. So now Archer's like, well... Can't kill him if he put a bomb somewhere. Oh, okay. And he's like, You're bluffing. No, I'm not. There's more banter. Caster shoots Travolta, but there actually weren't any bullets in his gun. He was wrong. Oh. So he gets on the ground and he's pleading. It's very clear that it's fake and he's not trying to make it real. It's very, Oh, please don't. Guys, I have so much to live for. And he grabs a knife and he pulls it out. And Archer kicks the knife out of his hand and kicks Caster to the side. There's a big jet engine right there. Oh my god. Yeah, there's a big jet engine. As Caster falls to the side, he hits the control panel that's operating this engine, I suppose. And the engine blasts Caster into the wall. He's knocked unconscious. Okay. Yay, got him. Yeah, we got him. So Archer is stoked, right? We got Caster. He goes home to his wife that we see for the first time. It's Joan Allen. Oh. Which is, do you know who that is, Kimmy? I'm not by name. She's the mom from Room. She's also the mom from The Notebook. So she's the wife, and then we see Jamie, the daughter. She was in Alpha Dog. She plays the other blonde chick that's not Amanda Seyfried. Okay. So she's... Oh, the one that's freaking out? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so she's... The dog. Oh, I love that scene. I yeah. think her name's like Stephanie or something. He's like, can I you just so. calm In down? Yeah. And she's like, what are you having yeah, yeah, yeah. for? Yeah, that one. Yeah. She's a little bit goth. She, she thinks she's too cool for school. And he comes home. 
he says something that's that makes her mad, so she goes to her room. It's clear they're not the best family. His son is dead. Right. So he is, like, kissing his wife. We got him. We got the guy who murdered our boy. And, and they're crying. Aww. and And he goes, I'll do whatever you want. I'm so sorry that I haven't been the best husband and father. I'll go to therapy to talk about Mike. All this stuff. It's so emotional. And then they go back to the FBI office. He gets there. Everybody immediately is clapping. They're popping champagne. You got your arch nemesis who killed your son. And he is so mad because... Why? So many people just died. Like, so many Mm. FBI agents just died, and no one seems to care. Mm. They were extras. (laughs) And I just thought that was awesome because I... Feel that in the '90s, especially, action movies really didn't regard life. Oh no! You know, people just die in action movies. Yeah. They just do. And so the fact that he goes, guys, like ten of our friends just died. Can we be sad for a second? And everyone's like, oh, you're like, right. We couldn't hear you over the song "Celebration" <laughs> yeah. by Cool and the Gang. So it's like one of those sit- sitcoms where someone's like, don't cut, cut the music. Uh, yeah. Don't, don't bring out the cake. <laughs> So then they're trying to decide if they think this bomb threat is real. We find out that Castor is actually in a coma, but they do have Pollux Troy. They're going through Pollux Troy's stuff. They find a floppy disk, because it's the 90s. Yes! And the floppy disk has this weird little video on it that shows all the schematics of the bomb he created. Okay. So So he's the brains of the operation. Exactly. Okay. And the director of the FBI thinks, oh, I don't know if that means there's actually a bomb, and Sean Archer goes, I mean, I know these guys, there's definitely a bomb. Yeah. So we should treat this like there's a bomb. He is trying to interrogate Pollux. Pollux won't talk. Pollux won't even acknowledge that there is or isn't a bomb, because he just wants to mess with him, and he's locked up, so why would he tell them anything? So at this point, he can't get him to tell him. So this woman who works at the FBI says, you know what, I think I have an idea. She takes him to the lab where they're keeping (laughs) Castor. So it's like a lab hospital kind of thing. And Castor's there in a coma. Archer gets really mad because he's like, they're keeping him alive. What? And she's like, calm down. She burns a cigarette on him (laughs) to prove that he's not going to wake up, which I was... That's fun. I like that a lot. It's the 90s. We just burn people with cigarettes. And she tells him the crazy tale of how they are reconstructing Loomis's ear that got shot off. So they go over and they see his ear getting worked on and it's under this almost wax paper looking thing and it's as if an ear is being 3D printed onto his ear. Yeah. Mm. So she's showing him this technology and saying we have this super specialist doctor who can do these crazy newfound things with surgery. He can actually make you look like Castor Troy. So, I... you love that? To look like the guy who murdered your son? (laughs) So she goes, what I think is going to be the only way you can do this is you need to go undercover and get the information from Pollux because he'll trust Castor. That's such a jump and a waste of time as opposed to interrogation. (laughs) Right. So, it's a pretty big jump. So... 
he's for kinda, the FBI. I mean, yeah. He's kind of almost thinking about it. You know, she's go, saying these are all the reasons you should do it. These are all the things he can do with science. So he's kind of thinking about it. She's telling him about all, about all the ways it'll work. And then, like any logical person would do, he goes, "That sounds horrible. I'm gonna try okay, to good. interrogate these people." Thank you. <laughs> and. So it's it's not totally he doesn't totally laugh in her face but he thinks about it and then goes Ugh! and it cuts to the next scene and he yeah. is totally breaking all the rules of being a cop but he's like abusing these criminals and throwing them around so he interrogates all these bad guys nobody's going to talk he even tries pointing a gun at one of the guys heads nobody's going to talk so then he decides yeah. you know what he is going to do the swap he goes back home. Is it only, like, within an hour that he's decided this? I mean, I think he's been interrogating people literally all day. Yeah, I, well, I would say weeks before I decide I'm going to put someone else's well, you, face well, on my face. Well, you don't know when the bomb's going to go off. It could go off tomorrow. Mm, fair. So, but kind of not really. Okay. <laughs> he goes, okay, I guess I got to do this thing. I just want this to be over mm -hmm. so that I can be excited that Caster Troy is locked up and gone, but I can't because now we have this whole other problem. So, he goes home... They introduced this thing, they've introduced it earlier on, but it just comes up a lot in the movie, where they touch each other's faces. So he does this whole palm thing to his, I'm trying to describe it to the listeners, but he basically puts his whole palm and runs it down his wife's face. They show him doing this to his son on the carousel. Mm. It's a thing that happens a few times. It's... A little bit too similar to the A Star is Born nose Ew. drag. <laughs> Ew. But this happened way before and it's very sweet. Uh, so he tells her he has one last thing to do and she's very unhappy because he basically just came in skipping the other day saying he's going to be her husband again and now he claims he has one more thing to do. He goes to the lab to do it. His partner Tito also knows about it and originally was trying to convince him to do it. Now he's like... I don't know if this is a good idea. This is crazy. Well, you should have told me to do it, Tito. Right. Uh, but then he goes, no, I gotta do it. A bomb's gonna go off. Okay. They don't know where it is. They do know from the floppy disk that it is a big enough bomb to wipe out a mile radius. Oh. And it's in L.A. somewhere because they caught him the day he was planting it. That's so, a crazy good bomb. So they know it's gonna wipe out a lot of people because L.A.'s... So face-off part. The doctor is the one who has to actually do the surgery. There's the woman who suggested it, and there's his partner. So these are the only three people in the FBI who know that this is even taking place. Okay. Mm. Uh, well, it, at all. His wife doesn't know. Nobody knows. And the, the idea is he's going to go in. Whether or not he gets the information he needs, they pull him out in 48 hours. Okay. Because... Oh. He's going to go into the prison where Pollock's Troy is at. That's where they're sending him. Wow. Yeah. So they're like, we can't... Basically, the risk is too high. If you don't get the information in two days, why, why are you there? We need okay. to pull you out. And they can't really communicate with him, so they just have to throw him in and pull him out. So the face procedure, the doctor does a little laser line around each of their faces, and he... It's really interesting how they shoot it because it's clear that they don't, they are purposefully not showing you the skin part underneath or the, the blood and veins and stuff underneath. Yeah. So they pull off, it's like a suction thingy and they pull mm -hmm. off Nick Cage's face and you get to see the little bit of like blood Jim. and stuff underneath. Oh. But then 
as soon as it gets to where you'd be able to see it, then the actual face comes into focus so you can no longer see. It's just like a red blur. Why do they have to switch the faces? They don't. Okay. They don't. Because that would be dumb. Yeah. <laughs> they, so they don't switch the faces. They put they don't. another face on top of his face. Yes. So, well... Why not makeup? No, no, no. So <laughs> they, they take both of their faces off. They do do that. They cut both of their faces. But then they put the John Travolta face in, like, a, some kind of liquid somewhere so that mm. it'll stay nice for those two days until he needs it again. <laughs> right? So, so Caster Troy is just chilling with no face now. He has, he has bandages over his face, but he has no face. Okay. And I just don't think they understand how faces work. Like, <laughs> like cartilage and bone. <laughs> I, I, do, I do really enjoy that there's a laser outline of the face, but then they just expect us to believe that you can just peel the rest away. Yep, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's one layer of skin that makes the face. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they do the face switch. So now they have put, and it's this really weird shot too, which is pretty cool effects wise, mm-hmm. where they're like massaging, not massaging, but they're moving the face around on John Travolta so it fits right. And so Love they're it. like, yeah, so it's like a weird, loose, floppy face on like weird red stuff. Yeah. That's like. It's really interesting. And they tell you before he undergoes the surgery that they're going to do, um, what's it called, abdominoplasty or something like mm. that to <laughs> flatten his stomach a little bit. They make a joke about his love handles. Oh. And so they they basically do all these things to manipulate them to look identical. They're already only an inch apart in height, so he says something along the lines of nobody's going to notice that. His brother will. foreshadowing foreshadowing and they have to change his hairline with lasers too so that it matches Mm -hmm. and then the voice thing is they have to insert a little device he they like have to put it in there and then he has to talk like caster and then it mimics it yeah okay yeah (laughs) what else are they gonna do not do this movie (laughs) i feel like this is a very costly mission for the fbi uh so they do all these things they haven't put the voice box in him yet because that's something he has to do while he's awake he wakes up they're taking the bandages off they also explain that they say something about the advanced technology you're you're they already s- healed. Pretty much. Oh. Well, they, they say you're going to heal in a few days rather than a few months. Like a In a few days, but in a few days, we're going to take that face right back off your face. Yeah. <laughs> so in total, this mission would take probably like two weeks because they have to have heal time. Those Who plants a bomb that they d- decide is going to detonate like in a month? So that is a big joke around this movie, mm-hmm. which totally fair because when you see him plant it it says 26 days on it are you serious but to be fair they were hired by an outside source so whatever the demands of that person i i assume what it was is something along the lines of in this in this backstory yeah the person who hired them was like you need to have this place blow up. And so they created the bomb earlier. What I'm happy with then is that just says that they're like, these criminals who are like, we do our job on time. Right. We're early. We're <laughs> if you're on time, you're late. That's what they say. <laughs> That's Pastor Troy's motto. <laughs> if you're on time, you're late. Yeah. So I told you I wanted days. this to blow up on the 26th. Well, today's the first, so you're <laughs> welcome. Jeez. Uh, can you say thank you once in a while? <laughs> Um, so he wakes up, there's all those, those three people are all in the room, and he looks in the mirror, 
and obviously starts freaking out. He starts yeah. freaking out. A little he smashes PTSD. The, yeah, smashes the mirror. He's freaking out. He's screaming. He's crying. He says, fuck you to every person in the room in true Nicolas Cage fashion because now it's Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Even though it's Archer. He knew but what he was he, getting into. I don't yeah. understand. Yeah, but to actually see yourself in the mirror like that for the first time, it, this can't be real, you know? Even though you went through all this, it's like, am I in a dream? I'm in a dream where this guy's face is on my face. So, yeah. anyway, he freaks out and his partner is like trying to calm him down and he goes you're Sean Archer you're Sean Archer stop mm. freaking out it's very sad then there is also this really interesting scene which they play these characters so well that it honestly is never confusing even though I think it it might start to get confusing when I talk about it at certain points watching it they are so convincing at being the characters that we have gotten established in the first 20 minutes of the movie that it's it's never confusing okay. who they are, you know? So then, he goes to the prison, which is a whole nother sci-fi thing that you gotta get on board for, because this prison is... All the prisoners are wearing these magnetic boots, mm. and the whole floor and the whole prison is magnetic. And so, so you're just stopping a prisoner whenever you want? So all the guards can stop people whenever they want. So mm-hmm. the, there's a green light on their shoes, and, and it's really hard for them to walk because they're naturally magnetic to the ground. Okay. But then if they want, they can lock them by just pressing a button, and then they get stuck wherever they are. Um, are these are these like the worst of the worst criminals or something, or is it just a standard that's, super that's max prison? That's probably why, is because in this universe, these are the the baddest guys out there, so okay. they gotta have this crazy max prison. It's Arkham Asylum. Another fun fact for this point in the movie is the FBI director that I mentioned earlier, that actor is the dad from Fargo. Oh. The one who's... Yeah, the older yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the main guard is John Carroll Lynch. Oh my gosh, has there been an episode where we haven't talked about John Carroll Lynch, guys? I don't think so. I think we only talked about him in two. We talked about him in... Oh, Crazy Stupid Love also. This is the third, yeah. This is the fourth, maybe. (laughs) I think it's the third. We mentioned Zodiac constantly. (laughs) He has a great career. Yeah, he's doing doing quite well for himself. People are starting to recognize Caster. You know, the face and the body of Caster Troy. Yes. So people are starting to look at him, but Archer doesn't know anybody, so he's not reacting to anybody's weird death glares to him. And he sees Pollux from a distance. <laughs> that and just seems really rough to send you in there only knowing one person. Yes. And being like, go, oh, you gotta talk to that one. Meanwhile, a bunch of your old buddies from other crime could uh, show up. Yeah, and be like, hey, remember when we did that thing in or that one place? They could have, you know. A vendetta against you. Exactly. Okay. So, yeah, he goes and he immediately tries to talk to Pollux because get me out of here. Yeah. And as he goes, oh, Pollux, some other guy smacks him in the back of the head with a metal lunch tray and wants to bite him. And he's like, oh, man, all right, guess I'm in this. And he's kind of trying not to, you know, he's a good guy. He doesn't want to beat up some random guy for no reason. But then he kind of starts to get into it. And... There's this point where he gets knocked on the ground. Is his fake face okay? <laughs> his fake face is okay. His fake face oh man, is he fine. punches his face right off. Yeah. That's why it's called face off. He punches his face <laughs> off. His um, fake face is fine. Yeah. So yeah, the faces are very good. 
They're very sturdy. So he falls to the floor at one point, and he's got some blood coming out of his mouth or something. Everyone is like, what's wrong with Caster Troy? This is the baddest bad guy we know, and he sucks at fighting this dude. Mm-hmm. And Pollux kind of gives him a weird look. Like, where did my brother go? Yeah. So then we see in this moment... This is one of the coolest moments of the movie where you're just, these actors are crazy good. Nicolas Cage, as an actor, has to think, okay, I am being this really subtle character of Sean Archer. Yes. But now I have to pretend to be this crazy Nicolas Cage style character. So I have to show the audience and my brother that I am trying to be... Yeah. This, you know, it's so like he, Helena Bottom Carter when she is Hermione Granger playing yeah, Bellatrix Lestrange. Yeah, yeah, she's which really is, good at it's that. It's such a good moment. Yeah. yeah, I think that Nicolas Cage even has to be a self-aware of his own yes. gimmicks to yes. fake. What actor portray. isn't though? Like you're lying if you say you don't know what your your tricks are. Like you have tricks, but I mean the the fact that you have to study them to a degree to make them look unnatural. Yes, yeah. that's good. That's really fun, though. So, yeah, I would say, I mean, that's kind of what makes any good body swap movie or TV show mm-hmm. is you got to sell that you're not that person, Yeah, you know? So he has this moment where he looks up at his brother, and then he does these crazy mm-hmm. Nick Cage eyes, and it's awesome. It's such a... That's cool. Yeah, it's a very typical look that he would do. I can picture it perfectly. Yeah, exactly. And I haven't seen this movie. And, uh... <laughs> it's the face that comes to me in my dreams. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he stands up, and then that's when he starts, like, getting into it. So okay. he is kicking the crap out of this guy. He's going, oh, I'm Caster Troy! I'm Caster Troy! And he's also, like, kind of panicking. So I love he's, it. he's loving it, and then every other second he's also kind of, like, trying to grab <laughs> stuff around him because he's freaking out because yeah. he's yelling that he's Caster Troy and getting all these people on his side and about to have a mental breakdown any moment. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Uh, so then he kind of a little bit gained his brother's trust and or respect in that moment. So now Archer is going to talk to Pollux. He starts making some small talk about the bomb, kind of trying to play it off like a joke, you know. Oh, isn't that going to be sick that we're going to blow up L.A.? And through this weird banter, he says something along the lines of, I guess the L.A. Convention Center will have to do. And that's the information that they needed. Yeah. So he's like, ha awesome. And I think Pollux <laughs> is pretty confused as to why he just got so excited. And then yeah. he calls Pollux pathetic and walks away. And they don't have another interaction after that. I hope the movie ends right now. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <coughs> I did it. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. 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 And yeah, so he walks away. You don't really know what Pollux is thinking, but obviously he's confused. What are we thinking? Is it halfway point? No, no, no. Like, knowing what you know about the movie, what do we know must happen right now? I think that uh, Caster's gonna wake up exactly. in the lab and he's gonna yep. steal John Travolta's face. Oh! So, so perfect timing, of course. Caster wakes up in his bed. Surprise, surprise! He's awake. <laughs> he has bandages all on his face. He's obviously very confused. We, again, still don't see his face. It's from the side or from the back or something, but we see him taking the bandages off of his head. Mm-hmm. But he has, and like, a naked face. Like, it's just muscle it's, underneath. It's, yeah, it's yeah, disgusting. Yeah. So he, you, it, it, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, it's a shot from the back. Okay. 
You see him touch his face with two fingers, well, his not face, and then pull it away and there's blood on his fingers. Mm. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, yeah. So then obviously he's freaking out mm. and he's like, because oh, oh, he doesn't have like lips or anything. Ew! Yeah, guys. So he's making these horrible gargling noises like he's in pain and obviously very confused. Yeah. Um, so he's walking around and he's making these horrible sounds he ends up, it's, it's very late at night, nobody's around in this hospital place, so he finds a phone and calls one of his henchmen, or a oh. couple of them, I guess. They end up, we don't see everything, but basically two of the henchmen come with the doctor, oh. and they have him, I, I assume they took him from his home by gunpoint or something, and it's late at night, Caster is sitting in a chair, smoking watching the video of the surgery with their faces. He somehow found it and put it on mm. because he's dramatic as hell. So he's, he's smoking without a face? Yep, no lips. He's just being dramatic and like has it in his weird gummy mouth, I imagine. You can't see it. You just see that he has a cigarette that he's puffing on. The doctor comes in and sees that he is awake and smoking and <laughs> has no face <laughs> and is terrified, obviously. And so Castor is just mocking him, gets up, and this is a pretty sick shot. Castor stands up, and he's clapping, and in between every clap, they show quick shots of his face. Ew. So you, you see profiles of his face <sighs> two different times. Profile's the side, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you see the profile of his face two different times. So he stands up, he goes, brah, fucking... Vo and like on those claps you see the profiles of his face. It's very wow. scary. This movie's turning out way gorier than I thought it was gonna be. Caster walks toward the doctor with the cigarette in his no no mouth, and you do see the only time in the movie in the reflection of the doctor's glasses, oh. you see what his face looks like. Yeah, so I it's, really want to Google it again picture. out of focus, but it's you see the whole thing. So the next scene. We're at the prison. The guards say to Sean Archer that somebody is here to see you. I believe in the timeline of the story, these maybe he thinks are the people coming to let him go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right? So they put him in this scary room where it's just a blank floor. There's no furniture or anything in it, and there's this really big, heavy door. They lock his boots into place because they don't want him to attack whoever the visitor is. Obviously, we assume himself. Yeah. So, the door slides open, and in true <laughs> '90s fashion, it does like a whoop. <laughs> you see it from like you know, like zooming yeah, yeah, yeah. in and stuff. It's so dramatic, and it is John Travolta, which is Caster Troy, and man, does he do a good Nicolas Cage! Wow, because he's standing there and he's really dramatically holding a newspaper, like he's reading it. And he kind of reveals his face. Mm-hmm. Not not in a... In, like, a goofy way on purpose, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And he kind of reveals his face. You see Archer, obviously, horrified. Yeah. And he kind of does this sassy little head cock. Like, <laughs> it's me, Caster. <laughs> and then he walks around over to... Archer, and he's just taunting him. Now you're stuck in prison. I have your body. I have your face. The newspaper he's holding has a story on it 
Oh no, all those people that knew about this transplant all died in a fire in that laboratory with all the <gasps> oh, evidence. Oh, love oh, no. it. Yeah. Okay. And Dead. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you said it was only three people, right? Three people. <gasps> Wait, so the doctor is dead too. Doctor's can, dead too. Who can undo, is the lab gone? <gasps> I believe the whole lab is gone. Oh, wow. No. <laughs> yes. Yes. Wow, that's, oh. Yep. And this is one of the really, really good Travolta as Cage lines. Is As he's mocking him, he says, I'm going to do my impression of his impression. I'm ready. He says, looks like you're going to be in here for the next hundred years. Like that. And it's like <laughs> shaking his head in his face. And it's so good. And basically he goes, mm, I'm going to go home and I'm going to have sex with your wife. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> Later. That makes me so sad. <laughs> it's really, really sad. So he watches his nemesis leave in his body, and uh, life Honestly, is terrible. that's like in uh, Threat Level Midnight, though, when Golden Face is like, I'm gonna go home, I'm gonna <laughs> sex in here, what? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, it's a lot more vulgar than that, but I'm keeping it better than that. I'm real good. <laughs> So then the next scene is him going home to the family. Oh, look, guys, I'm back from my secret, secret mission, oh whatever it was. That's so invasive. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's like, too much for me at this point. It's like, really dark. Like, oh. Yeah. So he goes back home to the wife. She's very clearly taken aback by how frisky he is and just how joyous he is yeah. in general. Like, he grabs her ass, and he's just kind of twirling about the way that Caster Troy does. Yeah. And she's very clearly still upset with him for leaving on a mission that he wouldn't tell her about and doesn't understand why he's being like this, yeah. but also kind of, I think, intrigued and excited because he's kind of been a shell of a person for six years. There's a little okay. spark in our time. Exactly. Nicholas Cage. He'll liven up any relationship. <laughs> yeah, I mean, probably. <laughs> then the wife leaves to go to work. He sees the daughter, and there's this scene that gets really uncomfortable. As a kid, I didn't watch it thinking anything creepy was going to happen, because as a kid, you don't. Yeah. But if I was going into it as an adult watching this for the first time... He totally thinks the daughter is hot, oh, and bummer. he's, like, kind of checking her out, but it's very scary for a second. Question. <clears throat> Who yes. would you say is better, Nicolas Cage pretending to be John Travolta or John Travolta trying to be Nicolas Cage? Does does uh, Nicolas Cage do any more fake John Travolta stuff? Well, Who do you I, think is a better actor to begin with? Ugh, I don't know. I think I've seen more of... Nicolas Cage's filmography than John Travolta, but I would say, it's very hard to say, I would, okay, John Travolta is a lot better at doing an impersonation because I think Nicolas Cage is a lot easier of a person to impersonate. Fair enough. As far okay. as to do an impression. Like, I can, I think a lot of people could do that easier than they could pull out John Travolta impressions. I mean, I think I would just go for, like, the easy, like, the Declaration of Independence line or something for him. Yeah. And then with like, John Travolta, it's that Think one line Greece. in Greece where it's just like, <laughs> rocking and rolling and you know what. Yeah, that line. But so, Kimmy's question, do you think one of them is pulling well, it off better? I think that he has more to work with as far as an impression goes, but I think what's so awesome about Nicolas Cage is that he has to do a subtle character in a way that he doesn't really ever in other films. And not only does he have to do this subtle character but he also has to try to mimic himself. Yeah. So he kind of has the more difficult job because not only is he 
being John Travolta, but he's also being an impression of himself, yeah. which I, I don't... His seems like a harder job. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard to get over some of the really good impersonations of Nicolas Cage that Travolta does. Okay. Those are a lot easier to pull out. We then see the next scene or so... Pollux Troy is getting released from prison because, Why? well, because now his brother is the head of this really important part of the FBI, so they make this deal where you're mm. going to tell me where the bomb is and I'll let you out of prison. And because he knows through them, they don't show it, but off screen he has convinced him of who he is. Got it. And therefore they stage it to look like, he told me where the bomb is. I'm the hero. I'm gonna go rescue LA from this bomb. Okay. Right? And Archer sees Pollux leaving and now he's left in this prison to rot alone. Yay. They go to the LA convention center. Caster is there and the bomb squad is there because now, you know, he's the big hero that found out where it was. Bomb squad is there. They can't figure it out. This bomb's too complicated. Ah! And Archer's up there with them. It only has one minute left. Oh, wow. And they're like, we gotta go. We're really bad at being a bomb squad. Let's get out of here. <laughs> like, you got, we gotta go. Come on. And Archer goes, no, nah, no, nah, you guys go ahead. Because he knows the code. Because he put the bomb there. Okay. Right? So then he's doing a very good impersonation of that first scene of the movie where we see Caster Troy dancing about. Now we see John Travolta as Caster Troy dancing about oh, in the same fun. way, mm-hmm. but as he disarms the bomb, he like flips up the back of his suit jacket and like tweedly dees trying to do it, and he's kind of like <laughs> yeah, as he tippity types on the yeah on the tappity tapper and uh, gets it just in the nick of time, and now he's the hero of the city. Everybody. Wow, no way, Sean Archer, best cop ever. It is such a big deal that he's on the news, and from prison, Archer has to watch <laughs> Caster Troy be given this great I mean, honor. That's what you get, dude. You did something <laughs> silly. <laughs> this is so sad. No, you gave away your face for a different <laughs> face. <laughs> He's like, who kn- he technically, didn't you say in the beginning of the movie you have nothing to live for? <laughs> he has a wife and a daughter. Yeah. Caster Troy goes home. Wife, can you believe how important I am? Nah, we, you can't believe it. We're going to have this nice romantic candlelit dinner. I know I've been neglecting you, this and that. She's mm-hmm. still really upset. Won't really give him the time of day. He starts trying to seduce her. And saying really nice things to her. And you know what? It's probably not very hard to get this wife and daughter on your side when you have not been a good yeah. family member for six I years. Yes, sorry, you made silly choices. <laughs> so it's he makes it pretty easy for them to slip in, and of course they're gonna think his behavior's different because he has just captured their arch nemesis. Of course he's gonna seem different yeah, than he has. He's avenged before. his son. He's avenged his son. Scene shifts to the prison. We are almost exactly halfway in the movie. Mm. So we're in a pretty big predicament right now. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think is going to happen? Well, I think that because the lab is gone and the doctor is gone and they can't switch faces mm-hmm. back, that somehow <coughs> Archer is going to have to convince his wife that him, who's wearing the face of the person who killed your son, that you're, you're going to have to find a way to fall in love with me again. You know, even mm. though I have a different face. That, and I think that's really sad. Maybe um, Caster will get cocky with his place as fake Archer and start to do some outlandish behavior and his family members will start to recognize that he's not who he says he is. Mm-hmm. 
I, I honestly just feel like kind of jumping all the way to the end. I don't really see technology coming back into play. I do think that Sean Archer is going to defeat Caster, which is like, that's so dark, like having to kill someone who looks like you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hate myself. That's really dark. Um, and then, and then to, to live his life and feel better about it, he's going to somehow disfigure himself and he's going to like, wow. you know, like burn his face up or something. Or get a new face or something. You know, like plastic surgery it, or he's gonna fall and just like hack his face up to be like, <laughs> damn. <laughs> now I don't have to look at surreal. You know, it's funny because it started off as such a like your predictions were like, wow, this goofy movie where they switch faces, and now that I've told you stuff, you're like, it's gonna get so much darker. Yeah, I, I legitimately you thought... You start the movie out with a dead four-year-old! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be a much lighter film. Like, it's gonna be like, oh, what's well, so funny as Nicolas Cage pretends to be John Travolta right. and vice versa. Like, look how funny... And and it's really not. Yeah. Well, I'm. I mean, I'm pretty. Even your wrong predictions are really good predictions. Uh-huh. Like just because I'm right. <laughs> I like those predictions though. Okay, let's make some predictions. Obviously, if you think there's gonna be a face-off, you think that he's gonna get out of prison. How do you think he's gonna get out of prison? He's gonna make up with all the people he beat up. Okay. He's gonna finagle the guards. He's going to put the magnetic boots on their feet. <laughs> is the guy with the fake ear dead? He is not dead. He's going to talk to him. Okay. You're like, remember that fake ear you got? Can you hear me, buddy? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> this is my fake face. Get me out of here. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, one of those predictions is very good. Mine. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so. It's Kimmy's. <laughs> it's mine? I don't know. We'll find out. It must be, there's there's this random dude with glasses, he must be that guy, that he talks to a couple times. He says, when do they ever take these boots off? How can I possibly get them to take, like, is there a circumstance where they would take them off? And the other inmate goes, they only take them off when they're about to fry your skull. Oh, no. Oh. Yeah. Which is very vague, honestly. Like, what? to make a last-ditch effort, like, when he's in the electric chair to get out of there? Well, so... So, okay, so immediately when he finds that out, he's like, why waste any time? So he mm. steals a cigarette out of the guard's thing, and he's making a big scene. Uh, who's got a light? Everyone thinks it's hysterical. Who's got a light? The guards are so pissed. Yeah. They're carrying him out, all these guards, and he's still going with the bit, you know, because he's playing the part of caster, and everyone thinks he's hilarious and awesome. So they take him to the room when you actually see the room the guy who originally attacked him in that one fight in the prison Mm. he is in the chair getting his skull fried quote-unquote wait is this just a common thing it's not electrocution like to death they leave it very vague it seems as if it's their version of kind of electroshock therapy okay but it's really brutal because the guy who's in the chair currently when he walks into the room is, like, vomiting at the mouth while mm-hmm. he's... They're, they're, like, vomit dripping out of his so mouth. So it's a punishment, not a death sentence. It's a punishment. Okay. Yeah. He goes in there, that guy is done, and he's kind of just a, a nothing person on the floor. They put Archer in the chair. Earlier in the movie... We find out why the guy attacked Archer. Pollux tells him, oh, well, that's because you had a sex sandwich with his wife and his sister. Oh. 
Mm. And so as he's in the chair and this brain dead guy who attacked him is on the floor, he really calmly says to him, hey, you know, I am not Caster Troy. I did not have sex with your wife and your sister. And he says some other nice things to him. Basically, we understand as the audience, he's trying to get him on his side so they can break out of here. Kimmy was right. Yes. Yes. Hey. So he gets the boots taken off. They're about to strap him in. And he... Oh, man. I don't remember which one of them strikes first. I think it's the guy... The brain-dead guy gets up enough strength to hit the guard, so then Nicolas Cage busts out with the one arm that's kind of okay. restrained. Essentially, now it's just this huge, crazy action sequence with all this crazy stuff happening. They need to get to the control room so that they can unlock doors so that they can get out of here. He only cares about himself. He doesn't really want to help other people escape, but obviously that's just people are going to try. Um, there's this crazy part where he throws this thing of sulfuric acid in that lab, oh. and he shoots it, and it explodes all crazy. There's all this shooting. He's trying not to kill anyone that he doesn't need to kill, because he's, again, not Caster Troy. They go up to the control room and make the control people leave so they can open the doors. Archer gets out. He goes to the roof, realizes that this crazy prison is actually in the middle of the ocean. So oh, it's like a float. it's a Papillon situation. Yes. So it's this just this big floating prison, and he's like, mm. ah. So then there's helicopters around that are trying to shoot at him. He does all these crazy jumps and stuff, ends up jumping into the water, and they can't find him. They cut back to the FBI. Caster knows that yeah. he's escaped, and he's stoked because he's like, oh, my body, yes, where is it? I can have my face back. And he goes, ooh, oh, cool, like, oh, did he die? Where, where's, where's the body? And they go, oh, we haven't found him. He jumped into the water, and he gets so <laughs> unnecessarily mad. Well, in their eyes, unnecessarily <laughs> mad. They're like, okay, like, chill. <laughs> okay. Did his face get what? <laughs> right. <laughs> How's his face? Did he cut his face? Now, Archer calls Eve. It's nighttime now. He calls Eve, which is his wife. He's trying to convince her of what's happening. Just let's try to give it a shot, mm -hmm. you know. So he calls her. Your husband isn't who you think he is. I'm your husband, this and that. You've been living with a stranger. And she's obviously really freaked out and hangs up on him. Like, don't call here again. I just feel like there's so many things you could say to a person. That it's, it's that whole trope of... Only you know this, that I know this, and only we know this together, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I think part of it is he just, like, she's gonna hang up, so she ends up hanging up on him. Like, okay. you don't have that much time. He also tries to adjust the voice box in his throat. Yeah. Like, he tries to kind of move it so he can talk like himself, but it, it ends up, it makes, like, a cool mumbly noise where it's, like, a mixture of their two voices. He can't, he can't, like, rip it out, so oh, okay. he ends up not being able to do it. Then he calls the FBI director, hoping maybe he can convince him, the dad from Fargo. He goes, maybe oh. I can convince, his name is Vincent. Maybe I can convince him. So he calls him, but it's late, director's not there, so Caster Troy answers the phone. Ah, oh no. And he doesn't know who's calling. He goes, Sean Archer, and this, it's like cheesy, but yeah. I think it's so sick. He goes... Well, if you're a Sean Archer, I guess that makes me Caster Troy. Mm, and then he fun. hangs up. I <laughs> I'm like, like that. Ah! <laughs> so cool. He ends up going to somebody's house. When we see the person, we realize it's one of the guys he interrogated in the beginning. 
I assume he knows where he lives because he knows where all these criminals live. Um, this is like the head guy. His name is Dietrich, and he is this tall, bald guy. He's kind of like the head, like drug kingpin guy of the whole operation. Archer goes there, Dietrich's all like, oh my gosh, you're here, no way, let's hang out. And as he's there at this, which I don't exactly know, I think his goal in going here is A, I don't have a place to go, and B, maybe if I can get these people who hate Sean Archer to go kill Caster Troy, who is Sean Archer, like that's gotta be my... I think that might be his motivation. We don't really find out. But he's there. They're hanging out. And because these guys are, you know, big bad criminals, the first thing he does is he offers him this drug water. I don't know what exactly he puts in there, but he pours drugs in both of their waters. And he's like, ooh, drugs, let's drink it. And he's not going to say no because that would be weird. So he takes the drugs and they're all just hanging out and talking. And this is when, for the first time... He says, I want to take Sean Archer's face off. And he says it a couple times, and then everyone's super high, so they keep doing this little gesture and saying, face off, hmm. And Archer goes in the other room, and he goes, no more drugs for that guy. And Archer is now kind of freaking out. He's looking in a mirror. He's tripping on drugs. So he's getting all weird and confused because he sees you know, the face of his enemy. Again, he's been in prison for a few days, so he hasn't really had to look at his face okay. since that one time he freaked out. As he's being weird and talking to himself, this other woman walks in the room who's another person he interrogated in the beginning. Her name is Sasha. It seems very clear they used to have some kind of a romantic relationship. He ends up passing out in bed. That's that. We go over back to the Archer household, where Castor is. He's talking to, I think, one of his henchmen on the phone or something. He's he's doing some kind of bad guy stuff, because that's what he does. Up pulls a car into the driveway. It's his daughter and Hyde from that 70s show <laughs> are in the car. It seems like he's her boyfriend, or like they just went on a date or something like that. Anyway, he starts trying to get handsy in the car, and she's trying to push him off, and she's not succeeding. And Caster Troy sees this happening from where he's at, like, over in the side of the front yard. And he comes over and super, obviously overreacts, but it's awesome. He breaks the window of the car, <laughs> pulls Hyde out through the window, wow. like, kicks him in the groin and punches him. And he's like, get out of here, like, don't ever touch her, blah, blah, blah. It's like a villain's way of protecting someone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's pretty sick. And yeah. But she's also still kind of a little bit, like traumatized from the thing that just happened and he says he kind of makes some joke and she's like of course a guy tries to rape me dad and you blame it on me and so then he asks her if she's using protection and she goes what like condoms and he goes no and he pulls out a knife it's wow. a sick butterfly knife and he's basically using this moment as his weird criminal bonding with his <laughs> fake daughter to be like this is how you use this sick knife isn't it sick and she's like Okay, cool. Now I get this cool knife. Wow. Yeah. So then she... <clears throat> that's their weird little moment. I hope she kills him with it. <laughs> then they go back to Archer's passed out on the bed. He's talking to Sasha, and they're... Yeah, it's when they're developing. We had a romantic relationship. All of a sudden, this little boy, who looks about to be the same age as his dead son was, walks out of the other room, and she's like, This is my son, Adam. 
Adam, this is Castor. Isn't this nice? And they're meeting, and he's so cute. And then in his drugged-up state, Archer gets really weird and very confused and, like, excited to see this little boy. And he's doing the face-touching thing to this little boy, like, that him and his family do. And he starts calling the boy Michael, which is his son's name. And he's, like... Tries to hug the boy, and he's, like, kind of holding him too tight, and he's calling him Michael, and he's crying, and Sasha's like, what are you doing? You're freaking him out. And she kind of yells at him and takes the boy away. She's like, you're scaring him. What are you doing? Um, and it's just really sad, because then she tells him that that's his son. Yeah. Meaning this is the first time that Castor would have even found out that it was his son. And it's like... Why does he get to have a son and I don't get to have a son, you know? Oh, man. So it's super messed up. Now, obviously, Castor knows that Archer's somewhere on the loose. I think he just assumes this is where he would go or it's the first place to check. So the FBI, he rallies the FBI, and they raid this huge place. Now there's this crazy epic shootout with all the FBI agents and all the henchmen that are there. So they're having this big battle, but the little boy is there. So they're like, here, wear these headphones to ignore like all the sounds and stuff. And fun Easter egg, it's over the rainbow, but it's Olivia Newton-John singing it. Oh, that's yeah. cute. Um, so then there's like this really cool element where we see a bunch of these fun... It's not for the whole time but for a big portion of it we see all these fight scenes and all this stuff getting blown up to the sound of over the rainbow Mm -hmm. there are also these scenes where archer obviously he has to defend himself but these are all his friends that are trying to kill him so when he has opportunities he tries to like knock people out or at one point he pretends to shoot someone because one of the other henchmen sees him and is going to kill him, so he pretends to shoot him. Like, oh, that one's dead, you know, because these are his friends. This is where one of my favorite parts of the whole movie comes in. Just, it's super simple. There's a part where finally Caster and Archer are in a spot where they're going to have to have a a showdown, and they're kind of talking on other opposite sides of this wall thing. And they're talking, blah, blah, blah. He's like, you're still not having any fun, which is what he said in the beginning. And says, you know, I'm, I'm digging playing you and stuff, but maybe let's just swap back. Kind of as a joke, because how are you going to just be friends yeah. and walk out of there? But he goes, how about we just kill each other? And they turn around. It's a two-way mirror. So both of them are pointing at each other through the mirror. Meaning that they get to look into the face of the person that they want to be killing. Oh. And shoot through the mirror. That's really good directing. Isn't that so cool? Yeah, that's really clever. And they end up both missing, of course, (laughs) because the movie has to go on. Archer pushes Pollux and he falls through the ceiling down onto the ground and dies. Uh Uh-huh. So Pollux is now dead on the ground. Okay. Caster sees this. That is the only person in the entire universe he gives two shits about. He has a son. (laughs) He doesn't know he has a son. So, plus, honestly, I don't know if he would care. He'd be like, Sasha, take care of it yourself. I don't know. Okay. And then we also see Dietrich die. He's Sasha's brother, so now she's devastated. So then... Uh, the only people to escape besides the few, whoever, I don't know who escapes in the FBI, they're just, they're cops at the cop factory, honestly. <laughs> of course. Um, so... Henchmen at the Henchmen Employment Center. <laughs> exactly. So the only person that really matters that escapes from that, obviously, is Castor, and then 
Sasha and Adam escape, and so does Archer, real Archer. Caster gets back to the FBI headquarters, and his director is like, you can't go around just calling calling on these missions. Like, so many people just died because you decided you wanted to go raid this place for no reason. I didn't say that was allowed. He is still so upset about Pollux that he's really not paying attention to anything that the director is saying. It seems clear from how flustered that the director is getting that he might have some kind of heart problems because he's getting so worked up that he keeps having to kind of clutch his chest. Caster Troy basically like karate chops the back of his neck and his heart so (laughs) that his body has I they don't exactly say the way he dies but it kind of seems like he induced a heart attack. Archer sneaks into his own house while Eve is there. Yes. So Archer sneaks into his house. He's in the bedroom. He sees a picture of their son, and he's like, oh, man, I miss being at my house where, like, all my family is. His wife comes out of the shower. He grabs her and has to try to convince her not to scream because their house is being guarded by FBI mm. agents since they know that Caster Troy is on the loose. And she knows who Caster Troy is. She knows what he looks like. She's like, you killed my son. Super sad. And he's trying to hold her and convince her, like, don't look at my face. I know what this looks like. I didn't kill our son. That's our boy. All these things. that poor woman. Yeah. Basically, he's trying to explain it to her. Then he goes, you know what? If you need proof, she's a doctor. He says, my blood type is this and Caster Troy's is this. You should check his blood type. Caster Troy comes home. He sees that Eve looks tense. He definitely seems a little suspicious, as if she knows something or something weird is going on. And he's massaging her neck in this, uh, not abrasive fashion, but to the viewer, it's like... Oh my gosh, is she gonna die? Like, worried for her safety. Is she gonna die? And he goes... I have something to tell you, and you're not going to like it. Which is the same thing he said to the director. And then he goes, I read your diary. (laughs) And she's like, oh, (laughs) oh my God. And uh, basically what he finds in there is that their sex life sucks. And so he kind of backs off. (laughs) So he's kind of saying, you know, I want to be a better husband to you, this and that. She's like, my real husband would never read my diary. Yeah. (laughs) Imposter. So... Eve that night does take a sample of Castor's blood while he's sleeping. <laughs> she she like has she has like doctor devices. So she you know those things they use to like yeah yeah to prick your blood. I for, feel like that would wake me up, but okay. <laughs> I mean, he like stirs or whatever, but whatevs. Okay. So she gets his blood. She sneaks away to go to the hospital to check the blood immediately. She checks. Oh my goodness! It totally is my husband's or not my husband's blood type, what the heck, as she discovers this and is kind of trying to grasp it, out of the shadows comes Archer, because he was hoping she would go there. And he's like, I'm so thankful you came. And so they kind of talk not facing each other because he knows it freaks her out and he's trying to convince her. And there's this really emotional part where he's telling her all about their first date, like every single detail of what their first date was like. Now that she knows... They're talking about what they're going to do, and she goes, well, I think the best thing to do would be the funeral is tomorrow or the next day or something for the FBI director. Mm -hmm. She goes, you need to come to that because that just, that seems like your only opportunity to make this happen. And he goes, okay, well, you need to, 
you and Jamie should leave, like, go to your mom's place and all go show up at the funeral. She's like, I can't not go to the funeral. He's going to think that's really strange. But she, she has Jamie leave. Okay. So she goes to the funeral with Caster. And then Archer ends up showing up separately. So they show a scene where Archer has, I don't know where he took Sasha, but Sasha and Adam are somewhere safe. He says, you know, I'm going to go kill Sean Archer. And she's like, yeah, kill that guy that murdered my brother. Do it, right? And so he leaves. He shows up in the church where the funeral is. He's in another room. When he had snuck into the house that one time when he talked to Eve, he took that picture of Michael, of their son, Mm -hmm. and it's it's been in his pocket the whole time since he's not been there. The funeral procession is going on. This little boy walks up to Caster Troy and goes, someone wanted me to give you this, and it's the picture of Michael. Mm-hmm. So he knows immediately mm-hmm. that Archer is there somewhere. From this point on... It's so dramatic. Yeah. So from this point on, it turns into, all right, this is, like, this is the final showdown. He takes Eve hostage, which it's like, I love the dramatics of you giving him the picture, but you just gave him a head start on you. Yes, like, what did yeah. you think he was going to do? So he takes the wife hostage. It ends up being this thing where there's, it's like a henchman and John Travolta and Nicolas Cage. So they're all aiming their guns at each other. But, uh, you know, he has Eve hostage and Sean Archer doesn't have anyone else on his side. So he's at a loss. And he brings up the thing again of why did you take it so personally that your son died? And he's like, you should just get over it, basically. (laughs) And he goes, no father could. And he goes, well, no brother could either because Pollux is dead now. Okay, but who killed who first? Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And I was defending myself, okay? so And also, you were the one who got Pollux into that situation. Right. Right. But then, all of a sudden, then we hear, and neither could a sister. And it's Sasha. (laughs) She has infiltrated herself in the system. Now they are all doing, like, the double guns. And this is another really, really good moment. I think this one is Dakota's favorite from the movie, where, uh, again, John Travolta playing Caster Troy, a.k.a. Nicolas Cage, goes, Sasha, what the fuck are you doing here? Oh, I love it. It's really awesome. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Yeah. And uh, she's like, huh? And he tries to kind of explain. He's like, I'm Caster. That's Sean, you idiot. And she goes, and I'm bored. And then she pushes Eve to the ground to save her because she gets that this is an innocent woman in this thing. Yeah. So she pushes Eve to the ground. The gun battle starts with uh, the four or five people that are there. <laughs> and uh, the the one henchman dies, and then Sasha ends up dying too. Oh, damn. So now... Eve has run away. She got free because, you know, that wasn't, she wasn't really the focus of the battle. And now it's a showdown between uh, Archer and Caster. It's, sorry, (laughs) sorry, it's a face-off between Archer and Caster. We also now see some of the other henchmen of Caster's have gone to get Jamie. So Jamie is now being taken into this situation. Oh my gosh, just... Just wrap it up. Oh my gosh, don't say <laughs> Not that. Not you, I'm saying it to the movie. It's This is the showdown. I don't need another person. Why is Sasha there? Why is Eve there? Why does Jamie need to be there? I want two people there. Sasha showing up is totally one of those things that's where a, it's That's like, a great one, but Jamie, go away. You're gone. <laughs> no, they need more hostages. No. 
So Jamie's there now because Eve's safe, so we need another victim. No. So, um... She's got the knife! Boom, she's gonna stab him. <laughs> so, so, uh, Caster and Arthur are having their little showdown, but then Jamie's there now, and she's kind of just in the courtyard like, where am I? Where do they bring me? And, of course, Archer is trying to convince her, Jamie, it's me, your dad. At this point, his voice box thing has actually been knocked out. Nice. So now he has the voice of John Travolta. So there's two voices of John Travolta. Mm. Um, so he's trying to convince her, Jamie, it's me, your dad. It's this show, it's one of those moments, again, where they could easily shoot each other right now. Yeah. And so he's trying to say... I think she she picks up a gun off the ground that got knocked out of someone's hand. So she's aiming it at both of them. She's very confused because both of them have her dad's voice. And one of them is saying, no, it's me, your dad. It's very... She... What's going on? So she shoots the one that looks like Caster Troy, obviously. But it hits him in the shoulder because she sucks at shooting. Because why would she know? he's got his scar back. No, but that's a funny (laughs) prediction. (laughs) I wouldn't have been surprised if that was the thing. Uh... So he's like, ah, oh no. But then Caster Troy grabs her. Now she's a hostage. And she's like, what? What? And he's like, yeah, that's right. I'm not your dad. And he licks her face. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Disgusting. And he's, again, taunting Archer like, oh, I took over your life. Now I'm going to kill your daughter. As you predicted, she busts out the butterfly knife. She stabs him in the leg and turns it, and the way that the blade is made, that, like, once it goes in the muscle like that, the wound, like, won't close or something. Cool. He, like, stumbles backwards. She's able to get free. Meanwhile, Eve, the mom, is calling someone. We don't know who, but she's telling them all about what's going on. She comes out to comfort the daughter, and it's really sad. She's like, can someone please tell me what planet I'm on? And she's, like, on the ground crying. Aww. She's just like, I just shot my dad, and then my other dad licked me. I don't go. I don't know what's <laughs> happening. Um, and my other dad licked me. <laughs> and then they have this epic boat scene, because the, the church is, like, near the water. So they get in these boats, and they steal them. Basically, what's happening now is is Caster knows the the jig is up. He needs to run away. So yeah. this is Archer going, not with my face and body. You don't. And he goes after him. There's this epic That'd boat be a chase. Title. Not with my face. <laughs> <laughs> so they uh, have this epic boat chase. They end up crashing into the shore. They're having this fight. Archer grabs the harpoon that was in <laughs> one of the boats that they stole. He grabs a harpoon, and he's, like, on the ground, so he doesn't shoot it. He stabs it into the back of Caster's leg, and now he's got the upper hand. So Caster is, like, up against the wall of wherever they're at. Archer shoots the harpoon into Caster, but he catches it because it's, like, they're so close to each other when he shoots it that he's able to, like, grab the springs on the side. Uh, So he's holding the springs so that the harpoon thing cannot hit him. He then grabs a shard of glass off the ground and starts mutilating his face. Love it. Because he's like, well, if you're going to kill me, then you don't get your face back. And he starts, like, cutting his face, but... I'm a fan. <laughs> Honestly, guys, he could have done a better job. He kind of cuts around just the outsides. It's like, cut down the nose or something. Yeah. But he, yeah, he's purposely trying to mutilate his face. He's like, ha, ha, ha. And then uh, he gets kicked in the groin and therefore lets go and gets harpooned in the stomach. Now Whoa. he's dead. Archer's sitting on the ground. Oh, my gosh. I think it's finally over. 
the FBI shows up. The two FBI agents that we've seen before, they come up to him and they're like, Archer, Archer, are you okay? And now they know who he is because Eve called them and told them to come and told them the story. So then that's how the movie ends. They, they take him to jail and then they're like... Yeah, so now he's safe. Yay. He's getting loaded into the ambulance because, like, he still has injuries from that fight. Yeah. And his wife is like, they're going to find a surgeon. Like, they're they're going to make this happen. They're going to get your <laughs> face back. Even though it's not the same doctor and the same technology, like, they're going to figure it out. They show him in the hospital and the doctor, like, they're about to put him under or whatever. And he goes, hey, doc, that scar that I wanted to, he's like, I had a scar here that I wanted the other doctor to put back, I don't need it anymore. And that doctor's probably like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to stab you in the chest and if also, that's what you wanted And also, me. like, how would he, even if you said, no, put it back, how is he going to know what it looked like? Yeah. Like, yeah. He's what? like, he just, like, takes, like, a tiny, like, cigarette and, like, burns it in yeah. there. And he's like, is that what you wanted? I just imagine the doctor being like, Okay. <laughs> I won't. Like, I guess. They're kicking in there for you, buddy, aren't they? Yeah. Count back from 10. Yeah. So it's like this sweet moment where it's like he doesn't need this crutch anymore, but it's like, well, that doctor doesn't care, dude. <laughs> um, he's like, I've got new scars now, Doc. Yeah. Right. Doctor's yeah. like, maybe don't measure these your weird, life in scars. <laughs> these weird stitch marks on my yeah. face from him mutilating So he really it. looks like a Frankenstein's monster now. He doesn't. <laughs> in my mind, he does. Yeah. <laughs> So then, the last scene of the movie, he, it's very dramatic, like the sun is shining, he walks around the corner into his house, it's John Travolta again, and his wife and his daughter are so happy to see him, You're, you really get the sense their family's gonna be reunited. I don't know if you guys are gonna be on board for this. He says that he has something he needs to ask his family. Do you know what that could be? Oh, I know. If they can adopt the kid... Ew! Ugh, gosh! <laughs> I think I'm just salty that Kimmy has gotten everything right. <laughs> and I've gotten nothing right. Okay. Uh, yeah, so that's the end of the movie! Woo! Face off, guys! Was it everything you ever expected? Yeah, yeah. That was so detailed, I don't think that I need to watch it. It's really um, good. I really liked your explanation of it. I do Thank feel like you. I saw the whole thing, but I, I just want to see these moments you're describing. Right. I'm, like, mostly intrigued by the actors' impressions of each other. It's yeah. it's crazy good. What that, that one you said about, like, Sasha, that was really <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. <laughs> um, ratings? Oh, I ratings. Would, I would give this a solid five. Wow, what was, a five! I was gonna do six point five. Okay. Why are they so low? Five means I'll rewatch it. That, but it yeah, sounds but that's the lowest. <laughs> it's it's an it's an old movie. I don't think it's. What do you give it? Like an a, eight? A nine? Oh wow. no, Kaylee! No. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm so bummed. Oh no! I'm definitely Guys. interested in watching it. I just don't think I'm going to have the unconditional love for it that you do. I think I gave, like, Lady Bird a nine. I, I just feel like... I think I might have given that an eight. For a movie <laughs> that, I'm, that I've watched, like, ten times yeah. and that it still is fun for me to watch, I don't see how I can give that a B, you okay. know? Cause it, and it's like, I don't, I don't know. In a world where we're not rating one through ten, maybe I would give it less, but I don't think it deserves an eight. I think it deserves a nine. Hmm. Okay. So I give it a 5.5. 5. Wow. 5.5, 5, 6.5, 5, and a 9. Well, if that if we're doing that, then 8.5. <laughs> I, I respect you more. 
What is this so, like a one to ten rating? That makes system? it an average of around seven. Okay. It's a six point eight, so we'll round it up to a seven. You rate which, you you showed us a seven movie, tonight. which is twice as good as Isn't It Romantic was. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Isn't It Romantic was between three and four. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, a, a seven ish. Cool. I think that's fair for what this was. Um, I would like to see it and then maybe re- yeah, you know, yeah, re-rate yeah. it. Um, I definitely think it's worth a watch. It definitely, like, I'm glad I, I at least know the premise now in case I don't get around to watching it. Mm, yeah. I, I honestly am going to watch it, like, immediately. Oh, okay. To wrap yeah. this up, anybody have anything <clears throat> they want to recommend or anything on their watch list coming up? Uh, I recommend Dirty Dancing to all you out there who, uh... <laughs> Forgot what it was about or needed to rewatch it. <laughs> Why are you making such a <laughs> On that movie? note, I recommend Donnie Darko. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Go there for your de alliterations. <laughs> Two so much Swayze better Patrick films. Swayze movie. Yeah. Yeah. What Patrick Swayze movie do you want to recommend? <laughs> <laughs> and the reason for this is that when Match Haley- point. Match point? Have you seen <laughs> Point you Break? Seen point Break. <laughs> oh. <laughs> sure, yeah. The reason for that is because I, Kayleen told us, hey, I'm going to do Face Off, and I was immediately went, ah, yes, that movie with Nicolas Cage and Patrick Swayze. <laughs> I did not know it was John Travolta. Yeah. Mm. Common, um, common mistake. Anything else, though, that you've been, like, uh, wanting to watch? add to your watch list? Ooh, add to watch list. Um, let's see. Besides the new stuff coming out in the... Oh, I think one I didn't mention last week when we were talking about all the new things oh, yeah. hitting theaters is Dumbo. I'm super excited to see that. Fun. Mm. Yeah. Besides that, I guess just stuff that we've had on there already. Yeah? Yeah. Kimmy? Um, this isn't really a movie, but I've been really aching to rewatch Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh. Uh, yeah. I just... I follow, like, a fan page on Instagram, and they keep playing old clips that oh. really just, like... Make me emotional. Throw you back. Yeah. I, I was super hardcore. I could tell you everything about every episode. It's it's pretty bad. <laughs> it's pretty bad? No, it's pretty bad that, oh, I, that you I'm know embarrassed it so myself. Well. Yeah, no, it's... it's uh, My mom let me and my sister watch it at a ridiculously young age. <laughs> and that's kind of just how we learned about uh, strong women and nice. women empowerment. And um, other stuff that maybe people in the age of 13 should know about. And I just want to kind of relive all of that. That's fun. Yeah. I'll give one quick just recommendation for what I think other people should check out. And it's not movie related, but Wasteland, baby! Oh my goodness. <laughs> Wasteland, comma, baby! Exclamation mark. Hosier's oh, uh, new album. Go listen to it. This is not a music podcast. I don't care. <laughs> It's so good. And then, I mean, if you want a movie out of it, mm-hmm. go what watch... What movies does Hozier star in? <laughs> Dinner <laughs> and Diatribe starring Anya. Anya Taylor-Joy? Anya Taylor-Joy? Yeah. Anya yeah. Taylor-Joy. Uh, we just watched the music video, and uh, it's got her in it, and mm-hmm. it's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my recommendation, baby! What's on your watch list? And on my watch list, because I am going to be explaining a movie next week. Next week, it is I, Courtney, explaining to Kimmy and Kayleen the entire plot of Vox Lux, the 2018 film starring Natalie Portman and Jude Law, baby! It, oh, I didn't know Jude Law was in it. That, real fast, is... The story of an unusual set of circumstances which brings unexpected success to a pop star. With original music by Sia, let's uh, do that next week. Yeah, I'm stoked for that. Cool. Cool. 
Thanks right. for listening and come see us next week. Or hear, <laughs> hear us. Uh, you guys, I'm never going to get this.